devastation we are seeing is unparalleled. Judging from early estimates, millions dead, a city in ruins. Is that Geneva? Goddamn bugs whacked his child. Welcome to The Rank with John and Zach. I'm John. I'm Zach. We've been friends since Cub Scouts, and now 30 years later, we decided to start a podcast where we'll be ranking anything and everything. You know, the natural progression of events for millennials. You're probably wondering what credentials we have to rank anything. Well, we don't have any. And if you disagree, join the discussion at The Rank Podcast on Twitter or X, threads, Instagram, and TikTok on our website at therankwithjohnandzach.com or at our email address, uh, therankwithjohnandzach at protonmail.com. You can also support us on Patreon at The Rank Podcast. That's patreon.com slash The Rank Podcast. And you can check out clips or full episodes on our YouTube channel, The Rank with John and Zach. And please remember to rate, review, and subscribe so we can keep this thing going. I mean, the internet is a buzz with the uh, new Andre 3000 album. Do you know anything about it? Have you heard? Have you seen I was going to say, says you it's a buzz because I have not seen <laughs> Oh, it's a buzz. Let me tell you. I'll tell you exactly why it's a buzz. Okay. At first, just the track list was released. And the okay. internet probably knows perfectly well at this point, aside from you, apparently, um, <laughs> what this track list is, what the names of the songs are. That's all. Um, let me just give you a quick, in case, the, uh, in case somebody else aside from you doesn't know. So track one is called I Swear I Really Wanted to Make a Rap Album, but this is literally the way the wind blew me this time. That's the name of the song. That's the name of the song. I yeah. like it. The second I, it gets now better. I want to listen to it. Stick with me. It gets better. The second song is the slang word "pussy" rolls off the tongue far, far better e with far better ease than the proper word "vagina." Do you agree? That's the name of the second song. The third song. <laughs> got some long-winded titles here. Yeah. The third song is that night in Hawaii when I turned into a panther and started making all these low-register purring tones that I couldn't control. Shit was wild. And then. Uh, uh, so on. It's, That's got to be a drug ballad, right? Yeah. So um, the internet was like, okay, this is fucking hilarious. Like, Fallout Boy has nothing on these titles. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah. It, it, so the, the album came out or no? The album is out. It, the advanced word was just that it isn't a rap album. It has no hip-hop beats or anything like that. Uh, here's the thing. It's entirely instrumental. Um, it's entirely instrumental. Not only is it like like Jay Dilla used to release his instrumentals that were all like could be used as beats for rap, for, for rap songs, just they didn't have any rapping over them. No, no, no. This is entirely f- flute music. Not only is it flute music. Is it Yaz flute? Yeah, it's, um, I don't know what kind of fucking flute he has. He has like tribal and uh, like indigenous flutes from various all over the world. He's got regular flutes. He plays several of them. This main flute he has is big and wooden, and I don't really know what it is. But big and wooden. <laughs> He's like, damn right. Um, <laughs> big and wooden. In a, in a different era, he would have rapped about that. Um, but yeah, it's it's like ambient, new age, kind of free jazz. It's uh, it's something. The, cr- the tracks are 12 minutes, 13 minutes, 10 minutes, 13 minutes. A short one at 3 minutes, 10 minutes, 6 minutes. And then the last track is 17 minutes. Um, it's entirely, like I said, it's like meditative... You could do yoga to it or get a massage to it music um, with like wooden flutes and like other woodwinds and uh, tones and bells and things. It is, it's something else. I listened to the whole thing. I kind of liked it. But then again, I like that kind of music. 
it like didn't. I, it doesn't surprise me at all that you liked it. Like I'm listening to this, going like, this seems like something Zach's interested in. Yeah, absolutely. It's actually it actually reminds me of uh, an album that was released last year by uh, art the artist Shabaka of Shabaka and the Ancestors. He oh yeah, really, Shabaka. If you knew, if you knew about jazz, you'd know who Shabaka was. Is, Shab- but, uh, is it Shabaka Khan? Because I feel no, like that's what it should be. Shabaka Khan, let me jazz you. Let me jazz you, Shabaka Khan. Um, no, he he had a, he released an album called African Culture. That's all flute music and meditative states and things like that. I so I kind of like it. I mean, I feel like if if we uh, can get like fair use or something, we should play just a song or a snippet of a song or two because uh, you really have to hear it. <laughs> like I know I said that it's like new agey and instrumental, but when you hear it, it's even more so than you think. Like you think there's got to be like some funky parts to it, right? No, it's it's all you know massage music. <laughs> it's all massage music. Yeah, it's. I mean, you're really selling it. I know, I know. Um, so I don't really know. You're actually and not doing a bad job of selling it. I'll be honest. You have to like this sort of thing. It's not. It's not going to convince you to listen to this kind of music if you don't. If you aren't already, um, you know, inclined to. But I also saw that Big Boy from Outcast. While we're on Outcast shit. He raises owls now, I guess. Um, that's amazing. <laughs> I know. I, it's like that's a crazy line to just say and move on. So yeah, yeah. all right. I guess we'll move on. He raises owls now <laughs> and continue. No, big boy tra- trends as does fans marvel over his owl collection. Tula uh, Tula is the chillest. He says she's a Brazilian owl. She's really cool. She's laid back. Um, so there's that. He also has uh, owls named Hootie and Houdini. And Hootie okay. Who. That's amazing. <laughs> I, I'm loving this big boy. So I saw, a, I wish I knew who mentioned, who said it, but I saw a comment on Reddit or something that was like, when did the guys from Outcast become NPCs from a Zelda game? Because <laughs> they play flute <laughs> and raise owls. So, Outcast, See, but that's the, that's the level of money I want to be at, where I'm just like, you know, whatever crazy hobby I decide <laughs> to get into, that's just what I'm going to do with my life, you know? Is, wouldn't that be perfect? Just, I want to raise owls. Yeah. And then you can raise owls. So, yeah. It sounds amazing. Why not, I guess? And, like, I saw that Andre 3000 was, like, working working on, he's, like, workshopping his flute music just at, like, train stations. And, like, people didn't realize it was Andre 3000. Because, you know, <laughs> he, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't shirtless and he didn't have a big hat. And he wasn't going, he wasn't <laughs> rapping. So, like... Yeah, just big. Who knew that Outcast would become like would be, actually? You know what? It's not that I mean, surprising. <laughs> yeah, actually, Big Boy is more surprising to me than Andre Three Thousand. Yeah, he was always a little out there. Big Boy, yeah. you, you think might have just hung out with his with his money or whatever instead of doing something really weird and fun. <laughs> I like that he did though. So wow, I'm thrilled. Well done, Big Boy. I can't even. I feel, I feel really like, weird to call him Big Boy. <laughs> Isn't that right, Big Boy? <laughs> it's his name. I mean, what are you? Gonna... I know, but it just feels odd. Well, I think that's a perfect, uh, perfect way segue. To, yeah, right? way to go into Starship Troopers. But so. Um, oh wait, no, hold on, hold on. Oh, there's more. There's more. Okay. There's more. I just looked up Big Boy's real name because I was curious. His name is Antoine Andre Patton. He is also known though as. Daddy Fat Sacks, Lucius Left Foot, Billy Ocean, who's just Billy Ocean's an actual singer, but I guess the big boy is Billy Ocean as well, and Francis the Savannah Chitlin Pimp. So um, you can call him any one of those, I guess. He probably answers to all of them. 
Wow. I'm I'm thinking of uh of Daddy Fat Sack. I can't I imagine. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, Daddy. Hey, Daddy um, Fat Sack. Actually, um, what's his name? Cecil the Entertainer used to have a uh, Cedric. Cedric, yes, the Entertainer. That's his name. He used to have it's a, a mix bit. between Cecil Fielder and Cedric the Entertainer. Exactly. That's what I was thinking of. But he used to have a bit where he was like, I can't call my, some of these people by their by their street names. They want to be called out. Like some some guy wanted to be like, what was it, Luscious? And I, I mean, I can't just walk outside and be like, hey, Luscious, man. No, I think it was delicious. It was, hey, delicious. Yo, I want to see. Come here. I, so that's that's probably how I feel here about Daddy Fat Sacks. Although you call him Lucius Left Foot. I liked the Chitlin one. What was that one? Francis, Francis, Francis the Savannah Chitlin Pimp. Francis the Savannah Chitlin Pimp. That's you, that's That's mine. Do you, do you think he's a pimp in general, and he's a chitlin pimp, or do you think he's a pimp for chitlins? Like he pimps chitlins. I think he pimps chitlins just like Rico pimps Diz. Oh. So, <laughs> now so every, you're like, let's move on. <laughs> so in every episode here, we're going to give a brief summary of the movie after we have our our opening banter, which you just heard, which I think is probably one of our best opening banters. You I'm, can let us know. I'm so excited about this album. Like, just I'm, <laughs> It's very it. clear. I, I'll have to listen to it after we finish recording here. You're, you're um, going to tap out of listening to that so quickly. You're going to be like, I can't. <laughs> well, it'll depend on if the boys like it. The first song isn't even over, and you know, it's already. Well, you know, um, I'm a Dylan fan. He, he has, you know, 10, 15-minute, 20-minute songs, so... And that's with him singing, and I can make okay. it through. So, all right, we'll see. Let me know how you feel. So, uh, yeah, I will. Opening credits. Yeah, well, so after the sum, after the brief summary, we go into the potent notables, which are just interesting tidbits and facts that we found about the movie or the production. Um, and then we go into the movie overview, which, spoiler alert, is us going over the movie from beginning to end, the entire plot. So, if you haven't seen it in the last twenty six years, um, you know, I guess go watch it. <laughs> don't feel that bad for ruining him for you at this point. And, uh, and then we do the rank, which is where we rank the movie on a scale of one to five, one being the worst, five being the best in 10 different categories. We take our scores, combine them, and that gives us the rank, which you can see on our website. So today we're ranking Starship Troopers, the 1997 film starring Casper Van Dien with a screenplay written by Edward Neumeyer, adapted from a book by Robert A. Heinlein, and directed by Paul Verhoeven. Starship Troopers is set in a future where humanity is at war with an insectoid species known as the Arachnids. The story follows a young man named Johnny Rico who joins the military to fight against the alien threat. The film showcases intense battles against the bugs and the harsh military training the the soldiers undergo. It explores themes of militarism, propaganda, and the complexities of war while presenting a satirical take on societal and political structures. As Rico and his comrades face the dangers of interstellar warfare, the movie blends action-packed sequences with social commentary on the nature of conflict and the cost of war. Man, you kind of killed that. I felt like it was a good one. That was, that was a good one. And it would be a great title for an Andre 3000 song, that entire story. <laughs> yeah, that entire thing. <laughs> um, so now, we've ranked 33 action movies so far. And Raiders of the Lost Ark still remains at number one. And if you want to see an updated list of those, by the way, uh, of all the action movie rankings, you can do that on our website at therankwithjohnandzack.com. Now, Zach and I saw this movie that back in the, the- in the theater way back in 97, and Ooh. I remember absolutely loving it. 
Yeah, me too. I I think I think we missed some things though. What about you? <laughs> I think I caught a lot of things, but I, I noticed some things this time that I didn't see before. Yeah. I was definitely, I remember being sort of hooked when the co-ed shower scene happened. I was like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love this movie. The future is great. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm curious, do you think it's going to hold up to our memory of it? Um, I think, I think it might. I kind of feel like for me, it's gonna my my I'm going to like it similarly or dislike it similarly just for different reasons, but right? for different reasons, yeah, yeah, same here. That's kind of how I felt as I was watching it. I, I'm like so curious where this is gonna end up in, in the the ranking on the all time action movie list. I I don't think it's gonna be number one. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. I hate to spoil the ranking for everybody, but you know it's not really about being number one at this point, right? It's just mm-hmm. about seeing where it lands. Um, but I sort of like before I watched it, I was like, I kind of hope it does well because I don't. I want to enjoy it again, like I did when I was young. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go to the potent notables. Potent notables. So as always, we'll start with the box office results. Starship Troopers made $54.8 million at the domestic box office and $66.4 million at the international box office for a grand total of $121.2 million, all of this against a budget of $105 million. So it's probably considered a flop or maybe yeah. maybe it, maybe it broke even after marketing, but I sort of doubt it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it was appreciated in its time at the very mm-hmm. least. Yeah, I I looked up myself because I was wondering how it did, and uh, I, it, uh, just according to Wikipedia, it said that um you know it did well like its opening weekend, and then just was like ooh people weren't sure what they were seeing. I think yeah, there was a lot of that. People, I I when I was doing my research, mm-hmm. there was a lot of like people did not know how to take this movie. Yeah, it's it's it. I I, I kind of remember feeling that way a little bit, like. I'm a little confused, but I'm enjoying myself, but still, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I guess I was sort of, I'm sort of surprised that people didn't understand that it was making fun of fascism, you know? Yeah, again, I mean, I'm probably stepping on your toes, but like, even critics didn't get that a lot of the time. They were like, right, this movie is pro-fascism, and it's like, I don't think it is, but that's okay. I know, I mean, I, I like, I don't know how you watch, um, the like well we'll get into it but the mom of the kids stomping on cockroaches yeah maniacally laughing and go see <laughs> this is pro fascism yeah like, you're, you're right about the maniacally clearly. laughing too yeah. it was like oh my god <laughs> i mean we're gonna end up mentioning it again but mm. but anyway let's let's go to the next potent noble here so because of the extensive special effects required the budget for starship troopers was obviously going to be high Mm-hmm. So when TriStar realized it was going to cost more than $100 million to properly make, they struck a deal with Disney to split the cost, with mm-hmm. Disney receiving rights to distribute the film overseas. So that number, that $105 million, mm-hmm. that budget, it, that doesn't sound like a big deal now. Mm-hmm. But you know, for 1997, for the era, that was considered an extravagant budget, especially mm-hmm. for an R-rated movie. Yeah. So when studios did spend that kind of cash, it was it was on a PG or PG-13 type movie so that kids and teenagers could get in, like The Fifth Element. 
the mm -hmm. same year, around mm -hmm. the same budget. Um, but as an example, actually, Sony spent $90 million on Men in Black same year. Mm -hmm. So Men in Black cost less than Starship Troopers. And, and it was rather a bigger hit, I, I presume. Well, and much more accessible, right? Because I think yeah. it was PG-13. Yeah, it was good for families. Go to see on 4th of July weekend. Yeah, so for more perspective on how unusual this budget was, like this large of a budget on an R-rated movie, mm -hmm. Deadpool from 2016, another mm -hmm. R-rated movie, was produced for $58 million. Oh, wow. <laughs> so it's like half the budget. Yeah. So I, I found a lot of fun interviews with Casper Van Dien, actually. Yeah. We're, we're going to get a lot of this. but So in a 2016 interview, Casper Van Dien revealed a funny incident when he was picking up his two daughters from school. Quote, mm -hmm. I went by the line at school to pick up my kids. You know, you drive up to the school, and when I get there and – and, and there are these six, ten, and eight-year-old boys hanging out with my daughters, right? I pull up in the line, and the boys go, Johnny Rico? You didn't tell us your dad was Johnny Rico? And I said, what are you boys doing watching Starship Troopers? And they said, our dads made us watch it with them. <laughs> then my daughters get in the car, and my ten-year-old says, Dad, were you really naked in Starship Troopers? <laughs> and I said, yeah. And she said, how could you do that to me? And then my eight-year-old says, wait, like naked, naked? And I said, yep. And she said, oh, my God, my life is ruined. <laughs> that was the longest three-minute ride home I have had in my life. And quote. He's just silent while some inappropriate song plays on the radio. And he's like, mm -hmm. well, um, that must have been fun for the, for the daughters. You know, little kids coming up at school. I've seen your dad's butt. They're like, okay. Well, well, it's funny to me because I feel like that would happen way more often to female actors, you know? You'd think so, but also I think maybe that's like uh, so much more common. It's like not, it's like not weird. Well, that's what I mean, you know? I just like, it's kind of bullshit that they're like, oh my God, my dad's butt was on TV and like, you mm -hmm. know, or on, on a movie, in a movie. And meanwhile, like, you know, Margot Robbie's kids, if she has any, <laughs> could be like, that's a lot. That you showed. <laughs> I, I I always wonder how the kids of porn stars must feel because I mean they do they, they have, have kids? kids yeah I've, yeah every I mean I mean I know that one of the teen moms is on is a porn star now but I I don't mean to say that like I don't I don't know but they even have like pregnancy porn where like people oh that's true that's porn. that's so, true like that's a weird know. one to me. And it's yeah, I don't I don't want to get actually but, there's so many fetishes of porn that are just so odd to me. Like, can we just watch people have sex? Like, why does it have to be some <laughs> weird thing? Yeah. Sometimes you know, like if you look through, you know, uh, some of the lists, you're like, wait a second, that's a that's a that's a category? What the fuck? Yeah. When it, did this get to be a category? Yeah. It's it's very it's just, like they keep adding more and more to it and you're just like, who needs this? <laughs> I don't know. People like, you know, it gets to the point where they're like, oh, I need I need something. I don't know. Let's move on. It's the porn addicts. They're like, I yeah. can't. I can't yeah. even get it up unless you know. Yeah. There's. Let's not um, worry about that too much right now. Yeah, that was a that was a weird tangent. So, <laughs> uh, Paul Verhoeven and mm -hmm. uh, stars Dina Meyer and Casper Van Dien confirmed that Verhoeven and cinematographer Jost Vacano shot mm -hmm. the co-ed shower scene in the nude themselves. Okay. 
<laughs> was that their idea? Like, oh, I should be nude as well, right, everyone? And they're like, No, it was on a dare from Dina Meyer. Okay. So, so on the day of the shoot, Verhoeven had asked the cast to do a little fashion show without fashion, quote unquote. Okay. Um, so that they could get comfortable being naked. When the cast was reluctant to disrobe, Verhoeven asked them what the big deal was. To which Meyer responded, "Quote, Paul, if it's no big deal, why don't you do it?" So quite unexpectedly, Verhoeven got undressed as well as Vacano, who had been raised in a nudity camp, by the oh way. My God. <laughs> so after an initial shock, Van Dien reportedly yelled, Oh God, Dina, why? <laughs> exactly. She's like, what have I wrought? Yeah, and then a good laugh from the cast. The scene was filmed without problems. Okay, well, that's that's fun. They really bonded, I guess. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of cool that they were like, you know, put your money where your mouth is type thing. Like, yeah, okay, fine. I'll get naked too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but also weird. As long as it's just money where their, where their mouths are. <laughs> well, who knows? They were all naked. Honestly, what I would be concerned about is like, what if you were like an actor, you're walking around. I see like for women, like if you were aroused by anybody, it's sort of easier to hide. Oh, I know. know? <laughs> That's the thing. It's like, uh, and like, I feel like you'd even like be telling yourself, all right, just don't, whatever just be professional but then the more you try not to right you'd just be like you'd be like no those are not great tits nope yes they are yes no they're not they're not not. oh shit here it comes and even if you weren't turned on it might still happen and you'd be there going i'm not i swear i'm not really turned on i'm just nervous (laughs) well i feel like i mean so i don't know about you but when i was a teenager like you know not like 14 15 sort of before you knew what to do with it you know mm-hmm. like you just get hard-ons and you're like god damn it why is this happening yeah like the wind would hit you and you'd be like whoa <laughs> all right so the film features the first co-ed shower scene in a mainstream american movie mm, well it's great just blazing new ground blazing new ground. <laughs> let's let's insert appropriate euphemism there <laughs> Now, one had been scripted for aliens. Okay, that makes sense. But the actresses involved weren't too enthusiastic about it, and the scene was not deemed important enough. <laughs> and James Cameron's is already nude over there, like, hey, <laughs> check it out, everyone. And they're like, Ugh. But here's, here's, a fun, here's another fun, fun thing here. Director Paul Verhoeven had intended to show one in RoboCop. Oh, the okay. timing and pacing issues prevented this. So he finally succeeded in getting one on the screen 10 yeah. years later. It was his, it was his dream. Yeah. <laughs> He's gonna do, I'm going to do this before I retire, no matter what. <laughs> um, so just a little bit more about this scene. Because, I mean, mm. you know, I think it's one of the scenes you think of when you think of this movie. Yeah. In a 2014 interview with Empire Magazine, direct uh, Paul here said mm. of the shower scene, Quote, Americans get more upset about nudity than ultraviolence. I am constantly amazed about that. I mean, I haven't seen any sex scenes in American film that were anything other than completely boring. Mm-hmm. A bare breast is more difficult to get through the censors than a body riddled with bullets. End mm-hmm. quote. Well, I mean, this movie has, has more than enough bo- yeah, gore bodies. But, you know, I think you're right. What people remember is the nude the shower scene. Yeah, well, I think it's because of the repressed American psyche. Oh, yeah. Our stupid Puritan background. I know. I'm like, you know, we really need to, like, grow up a little bit. Mm -hmm. Who gives a shit? 
Yeah, no, that's actually kind of interesting. I, I don't know if it's true. <laughs> you know, I should I should stop just saying things. I don't know if it's true, but here's something anyway. But uh, I, I read that in French, most swear words are um, re- like religion based, like, you know, like good, you know, what like what the hell? Good God, stuff like that. OK, because they can, you know, uh, you know, uh, her- heresy, I suppose, is the word I'm looking for is a big deal for like Catholic countries. But in English, most of our swear words are like genitals, you know. Mm, that's interesting. Scatologically based stuff like that, because for us, the religion isn't the big deal. It's uh, it's our own bodies. Yeah. I, I don't know if that's good true. for us. Good yeah. for us. That I mean sounds pretty accurate. I feel like French people are always naked, so I feel like that's probably accurate. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, so exactly. <laughs> Several scenes were filmed following Carmen coming to grips with the supposed death of Johnny Rico while while starting a relationship with Xander. Mm -hmm. However, test audiences started to hate her (laughs) for hooking up with another man so soon after the death of her former lover and were very vocal about it. So the scenes were subsequently deleted, although a relationship between Carmen and Xander is still implied in the rest of the movie. Mm Mm-hmm. I kind of imagine them getting very vocal about it. They're just in the theater going, ooh. Yeah. I don't like I, I like really want to hear what the very vocal was. Yeah. Because I could, I could really, well, we'll get into it. So most of the arachnids appearing on film are CGI, but a few life-sized robotic models were built. Uh-huh. However, during the battle scenes, the actors wound up looking at director Paul Verhoeven himself, who would stand in front of them and jump and scream at them even chasing them with a broom to elicit their reactions, attempting to generate some of the fearsomeness of a 12-foot space ant. Was he nude at the time? He was, yeah. That was the that was what he used as the broom. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Is that a broom? Paul ball, 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 ball Verhoeven's like, no. <laughs> Clancy <laughs> Brown affectionate. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just <laughs> continuing with the dumb joke. Let's move on. <laughs> well, Clancy Brown affectionately described their director as a, quote, nutbag. Mm-hmm. Um, given to quote jumping up and down with a bullhorn, going, "I'm a big fucking bug. I will kill you." <laughs> but doesn't everybody do that? I loved him. He was so much fun. End quote. <laughs> Just imagine filming this movie, and he's like such a wacko. You're like, "All right, no, I'm a big fucking bug. I'll kill you." <laughs> I love this, this. This is scary. I mean, <laughs> we should have instead of seeing the bugs, we should have just seen him doing that. Uh, yeah, let's get some uh, some behind-the-scenes footage making of documentary. So Casper Van Dien really punched Patrick Muldoon in the face, giving him a bloody lip during the fight scene at Ticonderoga Space Station. Okay, was he supposed to do that? Or? I don't know. It didn't say. But I, I doubt he was supposed to. I'm sure it was an accident. Mm. But Patrick Muldoon stated in an interview that Casper, quote, hits hard. Mm. Oh, okay. <laughs> He's just a badass is all he is. Well, he's Johnny fucking Rico. Yeah, absolutely. Um, He's part of Rico's Roughnecks. In a 2014 interview on the Adam Carolla show, Michael Ironside, who plays Ratchek, who read the book as a youth, said he asked director Paul Verhoeven, who grew up in the Nazi-occupied Netherlands, quote, why are you doing a right-wing fascist movie? And Verhoeven replied, quote, if I tell the world that a right-wing fascist way of doing things doesn't work, then no one will listen to me. So I'm going to make a perfect fascist world. Everyone is beautiful. Everyone is shiny. Everything has big guns and fancy ships. But it's only good for killing fucking bugs. <laughs> yeah. Like That's that. actually a great point. I mean, we'll yeah. get into it, but... 
Now, Paul Verhoeven admits to have never finished the novel, claiming he read through the first few chapters and became both bored and depressed, calling it a, quote, very right-wing book. Oh, so, it's, oh, well, that's, that's interesting. I didn't, I, I know nothing about the book, so. Well, me either, but um, he then told Edward, he told uh, the screenwriter, Edward Neumeyer, to tell him the rest. Mm-hmm. So Verhoeven and Neumeyer then decided that while both the novel and its author, Robert Heinlein, strongly supported a regime led by a military elite, they would turn the concept around and satirize it, making the mm-hmm. film a hyperbole of contemporary American politics and culture. Yeah. So diehard Heinlein fans, though, declared that the filmmakers have completely misinterpreted Heinlein's nature and intentions. They say he was a libertarian who opposed conscription and militarism. He depicted the oligarchy by ex-military citizenry government in the book because it was an example of something that has never been done in real life. He was not advocating it, but was merely speculating that such a system could exist without collapsing. Mm. So I don't know where you'd fall on that fence, but <clears throat> I kind of don't give a shit. But <laughs> I, I have thoughts about that that we'll talk about during the movie. Uh, overview, the movie, uh, yeah. Well, it's just it's it like the whole. Okay, so here's my thing with what they said here. The whole like. It was an example of something that has never been done in real life. He, was, he wasn't advocating it, but was merely speculating that it could exist without collapsing. It's like, well, sure, you could speculate that any government could exist without collapsing, right? Yeah, that's I mean, kind of weird. Yeah, democracies have collapsed also, you know? Like, every government could collapse, and also every type of government could not collapse. Mm. I mean, it's, it's just a ridiculous premise. To like argue again, like how dare you think of him this way? It's like, well, gives a yeah. shit. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, I could pretty much agree. Now, during filming, Jake Busey, who plays Ace, suffered heat stroke after working all day in 120 degree desert in the 120 degree desert sun. Okay. <laughs> and this stopped production for a week. When he recovered, several large holes were cut into his uniform so he could cool off. And many other cast members' suits had this modification as well in order to prevent further cases. On average, there were 25 people per day being treated for heat stroke during filming. Wow. I was gonna, that's, that's at the beginning of that, I was going to ask, why only Jake Busey? And then you got to the end, and it's like, yeah, it was happening to a lot of people. But he was probably the most notable case, I guess. Well, it's prob- he's probably the only one that made it so that they had to stop production. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Everybody else are like, ah, fuck him. <laughs> So to avoid an NC-17 rating, four seconds had to be trimmed from a decapitation during the last battle at the Whiskey Outpost base. It's something I hope to have the sort of job where you can say that about yeah. what I'm doing. We had to trim four minutes off the decapitation part. Wait, four seconds. Yeah, oh, sorry, four seconds. Yeah. <laughs> I'm curious um, what that looked like. If yeah. like, it had, like, that's the one thing that kept it from NC-17. Because it's pretty gory. Yeah, it's. I was actually surprised because I do not remember it being quite this gory. I did, I and I also remembered the brain bug looking absolutely disgusting. I, I was like dreading seeing it again. But really? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I. You remember more about this movie than I do, actually, because. Um... <laughs> Sorry, I just totally blanked out. I just I went and uh, no, I I remember I remember very little except for the shower scene and uh, like a couple of fights I think, but that's it. So more ammunition was used in this film than in any previous movie. Oh, really? Yeah. 
which makes sense. They're just constantly firing weapons. Now, according to veteran weapons coordinator Robert, quote-unquote, Rock Galati, <laughs> not quote-unquote, I guess, but you know what I mean. Robert Rock Galati. Yeah, the crew expended over 300,000 blank rounds during the course of filming. Mm-hmm. A personal record at the time. Wow. Personal record. He's keeping track. <laughs> uh, anyway, so uh, Paul Verhoeven and screenwriter Edward Neumeyer had unprecedented freedom in making this movie because management at Sony kept changing all the time. So by the time that studio executives finally saw footage, Verhoeven had already completed a rough cut of the movie. So they mm-hmm. like, didn't even see any dailies. <laughs> Which I think is just hilarious. I, I wonder wonder what their reaction was. So I think I think you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, what the you, fuck is this? <laughs> speaking of which, um, I feel like this has got to be one of the later movies produced by TriStar because I feel like they disappeared somewhat after this. Or they no, were they, least, they still produce movies. I, they were I thought they were acquired by Columbia at some point, and then well I, they've been with Columbia forever. Yeah, I, I feel like at some point I stopped seeing the Pegasus thing because I liked it when I was a kid. Because I was like, oh, the Pegasus. So, I I think there was one that came out this year or last year that I saw, and I was like, hey, mm-hmm. TriStar logo. So okay, they're sure. still out there doing their thing. Um, so <clears throat> just, just kind of fun. Although they play high school graduates, Casper Van Dien, Dina Meyer, and Patrick Muldoon were all 29 when they made the film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that kind of makes sense. They, uh, Casper they look Van particularly. pretty old. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's from the James Van Der Beek school of teenager yeah, acting. Of, of high school, yeah. Um, so Denise Richards didn't have to go to the, to the actor's boot camp that they went to uh, because she wasn't in the infantry. Mm-hmm. But she asked to anyway, saying, quote, my character wasn't part of the infantry, so I don't I didn't have to go on the actor's boot camp. But I asked I asked to Casper, Jake and I let me start that over. Casper, Jake and I really bonded on the first night. There was a blizzard and I ended up in their tent in the middle of the night, snuggled to snuggled together to keep warm. OK, Denise, mm-hmm. sure you did just to yeah. keep warm. <laughs> Now, Denise had positive things to say about the experience filming this movie, but she also added this, quote, They saved the most dangerous thing for last. Casper, Jake, and I had to run out of a tunnel with an explosion rushing up behind us. Mm. A real one. Okay. (laughs) We had to keep moving because there was a ball of flame. We had one take, so we had a lot of adrenaline going. Um, we, We said to each other, if someone falls, pick them up and drag them out. I was stunned seeing it for the first time with all the special effects. I'd love to work with Paul again. He was a crazy person in a good way. In a good way. <laughs> this, is the, this is the multiple if uh, quote we have from a cast member talking about how crazy he is. So that's fun. I know. <laughs> I really enjoyed that. All right. So last one. Paul didn't realize what a turnoff fascism would be to American audiences, even though it was satirizing it. <laughs> Sorry, that's so funny. I know. <laughs> you guys don't like fascism? What? <laughs> so, quote. There was so much regime change at Columbia Pictures at the time that we slipped through the net. When the executives finally saw it, they said, their flag, it's a Nazi flag. I said, mm-hmm. no, it's completely different colors. <laughs> End quote. But they moved it from a July release to September because they thought Air Force One was more commercial. Mm-hmm. Right, because that was also Sony, mm-hmm. Columbia. Um, the producer, John Davison, said, quote, it will never make its money back. 
end quote. Well, he wasn't wrong. He saw there was a problem. So this is uh, Paul Verhoeven. He saw there was a problem with the American audience better than I had. There you go. All right. Well, that's the potent notables. But it goes back to the point when we started this, that American audience didn't, I feel like they didn't get that it was satirizing it. You know? Yeah, it, it seems to have gone completely over everyone's head, including critics, like I said, um, which is kind of kind of funny. Like, I don't know how you watch this and don't see that. Yeah. Um, yeah I mean, I, I saw it when I was a kid. I, I thought they were making fun of it, you know? I didn't I didn't put it together that they were making fun of fascism, but mm-hmm. I could tell they were, like, making fun of, like, this government, you know? Yeah, at, at the very least, it's presented as kind of silly. Right, exactly. It's just it's bizarre to me that they didn't get it. Well, let's go on to the movie overview. Movie overview. Okay, starting right off, your service guarantees citizenship. Uh-huh. You know, just so. Oh my God! I like I said, I knew that this movie had a lot of this uh, like uh, satirizing fascism stuff. I, it was amazing to me just in the first like ten minutes, maybe a little bit longer, how much they nail America like today, specifically after two thousand one. If you know what I yeah. mean. Yeah, yeah. I was like really disturbing, actually. But uh, yeah, and then like immediately we get. Um, well, I was, the- I I wrote this too because I was agreeing with your point here. I just wanted mm-hmm. to say that how people didn't know this was a satire right from the jump. When the little kid says he's doing his part and everyone does a canned laugh, yeah, <laughs> is beyond me. You know, like how do you not? Okay, this is satire. Mm-hmm. Anyway, sorry, go ahead. That's okay. Saying? No, and then immediately we get into you know uh, red check or whatever being like, what's the difference between a civilian and a citizen? And then yeah, the citizen this uh, citizen takes personal responsibility for whatever for the safety is. of the human race or whatever. Yeah. And I, immediately I went, oh, so uh, this is like uh, libertarian shit. Because personal responsibility is all libertarians go on about. It's all they care about, except, I don't know, they don't care about anybody else, I guess. It's just take care of yourself. Yeah. There's, anyway. And then when you mentioned that Heinlein was a libertarian or or whatever. You're like, yep, no kidding. (laughs) And and the other funny thing is when you said that he didn't believe, he didn't believe in conscription. It's like, yeah, this movie doesn't... De- doesn't have conscription. I thought yeah. the same thing. It's like kind of a forced conscription, though, in that you don't have to go into the military, but if you don't, you don't get a lot of the, a lot of the rights. Well, look at Johnny Rico, right? Oh. I mean, his parents were rich, and they, didn't, they weren't citizens. They're just... No, exactly. Yeah, it's... It was like... <laughs> so, it's a good thing that they were making fun of it, though, so... Yeah, exactly. I can't even remember. There was a couple... I should have noted it down. There was a couple other moments where I was like, oh god, that's so... Like the jingoistic fetishism of military service and... Oh god. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's just... let let Just to go back real quick to that opening sequence with all mm-hmm. the satire and everything. Yeah. They show them shooting the meteor that was sent from Clendathu. Oh, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And I'm like, that's like right next to Earth. Yeah. <laughs> You're shooting this meteor now? Yeah. Uh, seems like it's a little too late, but well, whatever. Yeah, I've actually seen analysis that if they wouldn't do that because it would actually cause more damage in some yeah, ways. Yeah, because it would just... Yeah, exactly. yeah, it would split up and there'd be a ton of meteors. Right. <laughs> they would still all be pretty big. So in some right. ways it would make more sense. And like, I was like, holy shit. This movie is it begins with this act of terrorism that they use to justify an invasion. 
mm-hmm. an act of terrorism that they used to justify invasion. That's all I'll say. This was in 1997. This was, yeah, four years before. Yep. So, uh, okay. I don't know. And I mean, it gets even worse later in the movie when they with the other asteroid attack. Right, exactly. Which, which I guess we'll get to. Because this, this stuff is taking place after. Like, it's we're forward in time. Yeah. With that that first video. Oh, I yeah, also yeah. like, Clendathu must be destroyed. And then they have uh-huh. that little explosion animation. Yeah. Which is gone. Mm-hmm. Which, that was silly. It was very silly. I, uh, um, and then they the... show the they show the that opening battle sequence too. Yeah, where the bugs just clearly really like to rip humans in two. Yep, I can't really remember what comes. We're in the classroom next, I believe, right? Yeah. So, right, and you'd you'd uh, kind of kind of talked about it a little bit already, but um, yeah, we got Radchek. We're talking about the failure of democracy. Oh, so, right, the failure. Social of scientists brought us to the brink. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So there's 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 more prescience. I don't know if you've noticed, but uh, lawmakers and citizens on a certain side of the aisle have been decrying democracy. We're not a democratic country. We've never been a true democracy. And um, when more people vote, it's worse outcomes because the people are stupid. Yeah, you! Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. It's like okay, so it even it even sort of predicted this attack on democratic principles that is going on literally this moment. Yeah, it's it was sort of uh, scary watching this now. Mm-hmm. And not everyone deserves to vote. Another yeah. thing that they certain people like to harp on about. And if citizenship isn't a reward, by the way. Mm-hmm. It's a show of force. Yeah. It's like it's really a bizarre take and so fascinating to see it being taught, you know. Uh-huh. It's it's not good. It's not good is what it isn't. <laughs> um Yeah, it's just it was I was just like I was sort of mouth agape listening to this teacher advocating war, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So now we're you know, other than this than Ratchek being sort of crazy but in a way that he's supposed to be, you know. Mm-hmm. We get Denise Richards smiling a lot. Yes, I know she's very smiley. It's throughout the whole movie. She's just like smile, smile, smile. Now, um, I actually thought she was okay, given that I don't think she's known for being a particularly good actor. And I assume that she's mostly doing what Paul Verhoeven wanted her to do, which is probably smile and be vapid. But um, you're absolutely right. Like every time we, we, I don't know, she's just very like, <laughs> you know. Yeah. With everybody. With everybody. With everybody. Yeah. It's just, and if I was very like. If I was Johnny Rico, I would, I, yeah, I would. I might be a little like jealous because yeah. she just turns around and is like, well, "I'm immediately flirting with you too," and it's like, "Hey, you know, I'm like right here." Right. Well, that's that's what I was. I, I we'll get it. Well, I think we're gonna get into this a little bit. But yeah. I I don't know why Johnny Rico even wants her. You know, because it's, it's she very she seems very like I don't want to say a floozy, but just seems like you know she'll just go which whatever way the wind blows. You know, basically. Well, you know, I think. That might be a characteristic of many people in this culture. Yeah, that's true. Well, anyway, so um, now we're going to go see their scores, their math scores. Because, you know, she's got to have a good math score. She's going to get into fleet, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and she's got a 97. And then Carl looks up Rico, or Rico looks his own up, and then Carl sees it and puts it on the screen. 35 is not great. No, I would say not. Like... I feel like I might have been able to get a little bit better than that. I would never have gotten into Fleet, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I would have wanted to get into Fleet, 
but I wouldn't have been able to, and I would have failed one math test and been like, fuck it, I don't care anymore. I'd be like yeah. 16%. You ever get such a bad grade, you're like, oh my god, how do I get a 6? You know, I'm almost, I'm almost proud. <laughs> well, I remember Steve did that. Yeah. Well, he got I, a 5 I, on his uh, French test and put yeah, it on the a, fridge. It's obviously a defense mechanism, but anyway. Well, kind of a dick move to put it up on the board like that, Carl. For real, I actually didn't like Carl throughout this entire movie. Um, right, I'm like, he's just kind of a dick. Like, yeah. In this scene, anyway. He's not like a dick all the time, but it's... Mm, yeah, he never, he never struck me as very good, but yeah. that's okay. Yeah, that's a, that's a seriously shitty move to do. Like, this guy's supposed to be your friend, you know? Yeah, he's your friend, and he's just like, hey, look how stupid you are. Uh, and he says, sorry, man, or something like that. And it's like, oh, now, you know? Now you're sorry. Well, so now we're going to go, you know, she's Carmen says how, like, you have to have nerves of steel. And mm-hmm. Diz, who's very clearly into Rico, oh, is like, God. oh, yeah, let's see how like yours are. Like a comical amount. It's a, how she's into Rico. Like, I get it. But, like, jeez. So they, they're talking nerves of steel, and, and Diz is like, oh, nerves of steel. Let's see how your nerves are, Carmen, you know? Because mm-hmm. they're, they're going to dissect a bug, apparently. And then, what is this lady from? I see her in so much stuff, and I, like, could not... Like, I could not remember where she's from. But she's like, just a bug, hey? You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, this scene is, like, kind of fucking weird, frankly. Like, it's really weird. Like, what is the what is the goal here with the, this dissection? They're just pulling shit out of this bug. Yeah. It, it, first of all, where'd they get these bugs? Like, do, 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 the, do the Starship Troopers send back bugs, like, for dissection by children? <laughs> um, I'm sorry, 29-year-olds, but children? Um <laughs> <laughs> or and like what this isn't like a guided dissection or like there's no goal. I know. like you said it's just yanking hey check it out hey this is gross and you get the you get the woman walking around like lecturing about how bugs are yeah and she's blind bugs. yeah it's it's kind of it's kind of weird actually and and like on top of that you know they're not wearing gloves yeah I know, they just reach in like ooh yeah. gooey and like I can kind of see why Denise Richards is kind of grossed out I would yeah. be grossed out. Also, just well, you know what? This is like pointless violence, you know? Right, exactly. That's being encouraged to get into. Yeah, that's kind of. I think that's what what the point of the scene is. is mm-hmm. So anyway, she she ends up throwing up, and uh, you know, Dizio's nerves of steel. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's weird. Um, so then we're but now we're gonna go back to I guess Carl's house, yeah. and Rico and him are hanging out, and uh, he's. Carl's clearly try, like, trying to send him messages is the yeah. idea here. Yeah. And it's not working. Um, but I did enjoy when he fucked with the ferret. I thought that was kind of cute. He's like, <laughs> I gave him a, an idea that there's a grub going up my mom's leg that he is on a mission to eat. Immedi- immediately, I was kind of worried about this character, though, like mucking around in people's brains and that, you know, give, getting a sense of being... I don't know. It's e- I feel like that's easy to give, make somebody feel like they're superior to everybody else because they can do this psychic thing, and then kind of, you know, he's kind of immediately promoted to like admiral or some shit. Well, you know, he is uh, better. All right, everybody else. Wouldn't you feel better than everybody else if you could just read everybody's thoughts? I mean, actually, maybe. And I, you know, I'm not saying that to be like, oh, it's whatever. But uh, yeah, I can I can see the argument because, like, especially if you're told you're that this ability makes you good. Well, yeah. I mean, you you can do something that most people can't. I mean, that's, I think, you know, like pro athletes also kind of have a little bit of that because a little bit you can dunk and I can't. 
Speaking of pro athletes, by the way, are they pro athletes in this, or is this is like the school? I couldn't figure it out. I know it's a, well, it's a, it's arena football apparently, which yeah. becomes the future's big sport. Yeah, um, I don't know why, but I also like that the helmets have regressed. Yeah, they're like not good helmets now. Now they're just like little <laughs> they're little hockey helmets. Yeah, um, maybe they are encouraging concussions. You know. Yeah, it's like violence. Yep, like more and more and more. Get them, and also I don't know. It's it just reminded. Didn't um rollerball come out around this time too? Kind it did. Me. That's right. With the LL Cool J, I think, and, right? And Chris Klein and James Conn. That's right. That's right. They really thought it was that was going to be a hit, which I think yeah. is hilarious. I never saw it, but I feel like Chris Klein and Casper uh, Van Dien are like almost movie stars. Like they just missed. Yeah, they were in some stuff, but they just missed being actual stars. Well, like I feel like Casper Van Dien got cast in this as the uh, the top build star and was like, I'm gonna be a movie star. Yeah. And then, you know, Americans were like, You're a fascist. And he was like, <laughs> I'm not really. I'm not really. And then he was forever relegated to direct to video Starship Troopers sequels. Yeah. How many sequels does this goddamn movie have? I think there's three sequels. I'm not sure though. No. Um I haven't ever seen any of them. Yeah, me either. <laughs> I don't think I'm um, gonna no. But now we get a we get an excellent line reading coming up here. Patrick Muldoon falls into the stands and uh, gets up to see Denise Richards, and she, she's like, "Are you okay?" And with a big smile and like "fuck me" eyes, and he goes, "Much better now." And I'm like, "Wow, wow." You see, this is this is an example I, of the acting being kind of cheesy, but I like. I think it's on purpose. Yeah, I, we'll we'll get into this in the rank because yeah. I think it sounds like you and I are actually going to have similar scores here. Actually, yeah, I, uh, yeah, um, it's seeming to line up again. <laughs> yeah, well, because I'm like, it's not good, right? Mm-hmm. But I think it's on purpose. Yeah. So it's interesting. There seems to be a lot of equality in the sexes. Yeah, that's also true. It's just like possibly she's the quarterback. Yeah, she's the quarterback, and um, although he's the captain, which doesn't make much sense, he seems to be a wide receiver. I feel like they frequently get to be a captain. Maybe he's a tight end. Have you seen him in football pants? I've seen him in the shower. <laughs> Same. Actually, that one that one person slaps his butt. So I think the one that slapped him was it the black girl? Yeah, I think so. Was she the one who shot corn-fed guy? Later? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Gotcha. And uh, she was my favorite on the shower scene. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Let's move on. I always thought there's this part in here where, like, Rico gets the ball, right? He's like, just give me the ball, Diz. Right. Mm-hmm. And she's like, flip six, three hole. And uh, so he's he's got the ball and he's running. And then there's defenders that show up and he's going to do this flip over the top of them. Mm-hmm. I always thought it was so funny because it's so clear that he runs up a ramp. <laughs> really? I didn't even. Yeah. He like runs up a ramp and then they show him flipping over everybody. And I'm like, what? I mean, I know it wasn't him who did the actual flip. So why even bother with the ramp for him? You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe his superpower is he carries a ramp with him everywhere. <laughs> he just is able to put it right down whenever he needs to jump over something. Oh, now I know what he used as the ramp. Never mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> can hold a lot of weight that thing so mm-hmm. um he they, so you know the they win the game right johnny rico mm-hmm. beats patrick muldoon or xander and uh 
seems like Xander's going to get the last laugh, though, because Denise Richards, the Carmen, is clearly like, well, I'm going to fuck you later. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> Although it seems like everybody she talks to, that's going to be the case. Like, even Diz, I'm like, she might fuck Diz, too. Um, but he's going to go, Rico's going to go home, and he's going to sort of talk to his parents about, like, joining the service, and they're like, we're going to go to the Outer Rings and to Zegaman Beach. Yeah. And I'm like, I want to go there. That sounds fun. <laughs> What's Zegaman Beach? I want to go. Right? It's a beach so, on the Saturn, I guess? I don't know. <laughs> I I don't think so. I think the Outer Rings are just like in a like really different area of the solar of the uh, galaxy. Is it? Oh, of the whole galaxy. Yeah. Gotcha. Um. So now, you know, he, he basically is like, fuck you, mommy, dad. I'm going to be in the military. And they're like, if you walk out that door, then you're never coming. You're cut off. Yeah. <laughs> and then that's it. You're cut off. And then uh, he goes to the the dance after that. <laughs> uh, like, so does Every, that mean he goes back? I yeah. like, I don't even understand. <laughs> I, I always go immediately to a dance after I get cut off by my parents. Yeah. <laughs> Like, did he not, did, I mean, so the premise, the idea here is, is that he's left his parents, right? Yeah. So, but the next day is when they go and enlist. Yeah. So what happened? Oh, I guess he stayed at Carmen's house, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah, 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 because her daddy's at home and, uh, you know, they're, I guess, going to do it. He, he hooks up with both female leads in this movie. Which, which, by the way, Paul Verhoeven, I mean, if you're going to have a bunch of nudity in your film, what are you doing not showing Denise Richards? If she's like the only one who doesn't get it on the nudity. Yeah. Like, makes that doesn't really make much sense to me. You know? Well, she's, in, she's in Fleet. I don't really know if you're nude in Fleet. Only no. the grunts are nude. In Fleet, in Fleet, actually, you're never nude. You're just of course, we had Amy Smart there, too. Like, Oh, really? You're really... Yeah, you didn't see Amy Smart. She was the other, uh, she was the other pilot that she, that Carmen races. I'm sure like, I did see her, but I also I, did not recognize her as Amy Smart. Smart. Well, okay, that's so now. Yeah, we're at the dance, and poor Diz, she just like wants Rico so bad, mm-hmm. and he's just like, can't we just be friends, Diz? Friend zoning, unbelievable. And I'm like, what's wrong with this guy? I he mean, wants, whatever. It happens. He wants right? Rico, not Diz. Yeah, he wants Carmen. And then he so he goes up to Ratcheck, right? He's asking for advice like, "What should I do? Mm. Should I become a citizen or or not?" And I actually kind of like that Ratcheck was like, "No, I'm not going to opine on this." Yeah. Um but then for some reason, Xander shows up at their dance in full yeah. uniform, by the way. Oh, wait. I uh, did we ever this is is this are these are schools that are playing football? I never got the answer. I don't yeah, think. yeah, they're schools. So he's from a different school, right? right? But he shows up at this dance. What school is he from? Because one of them was just, I guess, oh. Buenos Aires. I guess Buenos Aires High. Where where were the and they were the Buenos Aires High Tigers, by the way. <laughs> and and Xander's team were the Giants. The Giants are still losing in the future, apparently. But uh, that sounds about right. Yeah, but uh, where were they from? Did anybody say? And also, does he live nearby? Is this, is this, is it like Buenos Aires High and like Bayside or something? Well, in the future, there's like 
37 million people living in Buenos Aires, so there's probably yeah. multiple schools there. There's <laughs> probably multiple high schools. No, they all go to the one where I check classes are very full. <laughs> or actually, you know what? Maybe you don't get to go to school if you're not a, if you didn't serve. For all I know, <laughs> if you didn't sign up as a baby, you don't get to go to school. But um, but yeah, so she's over there talking to Xander, giving him googly eyes, you know. And she's like, Johnny Rico, are you jealous? And I'm like, well, fucking obviously, you know. Wouldn't you be jealous? Mm-hmm. I I would be a little jealous, but I don't know. She seems to get off on it. So whatever it does, and then she's like, "Don't worry, I'm gonna fuck you." And then he's like, "Everything's good. <laughs> Never mind, all set." <laughs> uh, I actually wrote, "Oh, Rico's gonna give it to Carmen. Go, Johnny." I uh, I like the future futuristic scenes in movies because I feel like um, the ideas that that directors and everybody else have of the future is extremely uh, dependent on the exact time they're making the actual movie. Yeah. Because you because you always have to imagine what's the future going to be like, and I'm imagining that from 2023, um, right. not from any other time. So like every I, I, you know, it was interesting because men's fashion is just the same, and they're just wearing tuxedos, which makes sense. But the women's dresses were all just very 1997 slash you know early 2000s colors and and everything. I actually else. like that he didn't try to like make the outfits seem futuristic, which they do a lot. Like Fifth Element did that, Aliens did that with the remember the crazy collars for oh yeah guys. Like you know, I don't need to have futuristic apparel. <laughs> um yeah, clothes seem to get simpler actually as time yeah. goes on is also maybe just we'll just be wearing like booty shorts and a, and like a cutoff shirt. Um but uh yeah no it's Bad. it's just it's just kind of funny as all because like if you go back and watch the original Star Trek, um, it's the future is basically like future sixties, and if you watch Star Trek: The Next Generation, the future is like future eighties and nineties. So I just I just enjoy the fact that everybody always imagines the future is going to be basically like now. Except yeah, I, I don't I don't think it ever is. The future is new technologies. Yeah. yeah. So every no, that is interesting. Yeah, I just, uh, this is completely an, an aside, but no, no, it's fine. I just. Um, well then, you know, they're going to show, so after the, you know, after the dance, we assume that, you know, Johnny and Carmen have made Whoopi and, um, and Whoopi. And then, um, they show them at the, the oath, the swearing in. Yeah. The right? swearing in of the militaries. Thing. Yeah. And they just sort of show it at the end of the oath. I'd be curious to hear what the rest of the oath was, but. The thing that struck me, not less than two years and as much longer as may be required by the needs of the Federation. That definitely struck me, too. There's no upper limit. <laughs> yeah. It's like, bring bring back any time. Now, yeah. I will say, um, that's kind of how it is with the U.S. military, too. Not mm. quite um, as bad as this, but basically whatever you enlist for, be it four years or six years or two years, it doesn't really matter. They can call you back any time within eight years of when you first enlisted that's nice so you're kind of kind of takes a long ass time for you to be free of them right they're like we own you so they can they could just be anytime in that eight years they can be like ah oh, yeah come back mm -hmm. and you're like i'm like pretty fat now um <laughs> i don't know if you want this <laughs> I, I don't know if you can handle this <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think you're ready for all this jelly <laughs> then we get the vow to remain well so you know First, she's gonna Carmen's gonna tell 
Johnny all about how like, oh, it's sweet. My dad was like, he acted like he's never going to see me again, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> right. Um, and he's like, well, I'm wearing everything I own. Mm-hmm. Which was, I, it was a fun juxtaposition. And she's like, I'm sorry that it didn't work out with you and your parents. And then he's mm-hmm. like, well, now that Carl shows up and they're like, oh, let's make a vow that no matter what, we're always going to remain friends. And I'm like, mm-hmm. this is dumb. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, I get that it's meant to be campy, but there were some moments where I was just like, oh, I don't know, Paul, this, this need to be in here. Perhaps a little I know bit. you're going to reference it later, but geez. And, uh, you know, perhaps a little bit what? Uh, perhaps a bit much. Um, and Denise Richards here being very like, she's so flippant about um, Johnny's situation, you know? I know, I know. Like, I signed up just to be with you, baby. And she's like, okay, bye. <laughs> And like, doesn't even seem to realize the effect that she has on this guy, um, which is not necessarily her fault. It's it's his decision to be a right. to, to be a simp for her essentially. But um, <laughs> I, wow. just, I, I okay. yeah, I might have liked it if she had understood. Well, you know, this is this this guy's clearly uh, a bit under my sway. Actually, you know what? The same he does the same thing with Diz though. So. He does. Yep. So. I guess it's just what goes around comes around. And uh, although he knows that Diz is into him, yeah, he like doesn't he doesn't want to sway her. Yeah, that's actually well, a little point. bit different. It kind of bugs me because Carmen is just so like uh, unaware. Yeah, and it's very just doesn't give a shit. And I'm it's just, I mean it's fine. I but I don't really like her. I don't really either. But um, you know I'm not sure anybody in this movie is super likable. I don't know. Rico's pretty likable. This is likable, you know. This is likable. You're actually right on that one. I actually like Ace too. I think he's pretty likable. Uh, Ace, yes. Well, <laughs> Jake Busey. I mean, yeah. he starts off as kind of a dick, but then he he, he grows on you, I guess. Yeah. But okay, so now he's gonna be like, "I love you, Carmen," and then she doesn't say it back, and he's like, "Just say it, just once, just try it on for size." And I'm like, "Is this like you're going into the military for this girl, and she's not gonna say I love you?" Yeah. You'd think that what he, would, he would have second thoughts about this at some point yeah and like what an idiot on his part Mm -hmm. and then she says it and i'm like that is not the most comforting i love you i've ever heard no it isn't (laughs) i feel like at this point they should just break up because i don't think it's gonna i don't think it's happening yeah she wanted she wanted the d briefly and then uh she's kind of done with you so so now she's gonna stand in the in the transport here right Mm -hmm. and it's gonna lurch forward a little bit and then it just flies, you know, like, yeah. at high speed. And she's holding nothing. <laughs> I'm like, maybe, maybe how is she not just corrected. falling over? You know, like, I don't know. I got <laughs> I, it was really abrupt. I was just like, okay, bye. And it's like, all right, well, that's like an, it's like an escape pod yeah. from, like a, from like a regular station. That's just how you get around. Yeah. I mean, like, but I almost fall over on the subway or bus when it lurches. <laughs> and she's just like. This is moving at Mach 5, and I'm fine. <laughs> well, you're not as good a shape as Denise Richards. So. That's true. That's very true. She can support herself. So now we get another uh, satire of America mm-hmm. and how close we are to fascism when they show the kids playing with a gun and bullets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it, it is really scary how close we are to fascism. Yeah. It's, 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 like, it's like they tried to warn us. 
I mean, they've been trying to warn us for a long, long time. There are plenty of books that were warning about fascism going well back. And uh, we just never, we just don't care. We just gleefully skip on into it. Or some of us do. Yeah. And it's uh, disturbing. So, so now, <laughs> I, I just, I enjoyed these little, like, asides that they do where they're showing. It actually, it sort of accurately depicts the... Uh, uh, the clickbait mentality, you know, the, oh, yeah. the, the attention um, disorder that Americans have, that probably the world has at this point, where it's like, here, click on this, click on this, yep. click on this. But then a murderer was captured this morning and tried today. Sentence, mm-hmm. death, execution tonight at six. Yeah. Wow. That's fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, criminal justice system really, really chugs along when they eliminate lawyers. And then they show Mormon extremists. Yeah, that was fun. I was like, that was, I don't think of Mormons as extremists, but all right. Because they had set up a, uh, an outpost well within the arachnid quarantine zone. And uh, they got fucked up. Pretty gross. <laughs> yeah, they really did. <laughs> Apparently Joe Smith was not able to save them. Save me, Joe Smith, they say. And, you know, actually, I think it's, it's kind of fair. I think Mormons are actually extremists. It's just that they well, hide behind a veneer of politeness. They're very nice. Um, well, they hide. They hide their, uh, you know, fantastical views, and uh, their fanatical views. I said fantastical. Um, yeah, and it's like it's just like as, a fantasy. It, yeah, well, it is a fantasy, but uh, you know, it's just it's it's even more insidious in a lot of ways because they just pretend to be nice. They don't actually care about you. They think you're going to hell. So. I don't know. I think they are actually nice. I've met a lot of Mormons, and they're very nice. Oh, yeah, well, just going to go ahead and agree to disagree on there. The bugs were right. So now we're going to, after the little, you know, um, internet thing they do. We're going to head to basic training. Yeah, exactly. We're going to head to basic training. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we've got Zim now. Mm -hmm. He's your sort of typical drill instructor. Playing sort of, he he tends to play this character. Yeah, he does. He's also the. Uh, I think I know him most from the, Shawshank uh, Redemption. Yeah, he's one of the guards in the Shawshank Redemption. He's the one Not who he helps. He's the, yeah, he's the main one that Andy helps, like with his taxes or whatever, or with the. Um, he kills the fat guy. Yeah. <laughs> Do you trust your wife? Yeah. But uh, anyway, yeah, he does that a lot. Apparently, he was typecast, but he does it well, so no complaints. Yeah, I I agree. But he's like, uh, then they do this whole speech, and he's like hitting them with a baton. Straight up, ah, ah, right? And um, and then he goes, "All right, who's got the balls to fight me?" <laughs> yeah, no, we're just fighting now. <laughs> like, okay. What? This is a weird turn of events. And then Breckenridge, I guess maybe I do, sir. <laughs> yeah, I, I like that you even re- remember his name is Breckenridge. I had nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and then he just. He, like, basically, Fireman carries the kid over and breaks his and arm. Just snaps his arm right in half. Like, okay. I'm like, what the fuck? That doesn't Aren't feel... are your recruits? Yeah, like, you, you want them out of commission quite so hard? Like, I don't know. Yeah, like, like that arm could just never be the same again because you broke his arm. So, well, good they job. Have, they have future putting your arm in, like, a weird tank that has some sort of liquid in it to heal technology, and that's unparalleled as far as... And yet they have a whole bunch of people that are missing limbs. Yeah, I know. 
including the uh, the the guy at the uh, after the swearing in who said the army made him you know the infantry made him who what he is today and he, he had like today. no limbs he had zero yeah. limbs he well he had one arm he had okay. one, like one hand was there but then yeah he was missing both legs and one of his arms he had the one hand <laughs> he's like, oh, I guess I got the one <laughs> which we're going to later in the movie we're going to get back we're going to see something like that similar and uh and Ratchek just decides he wants to die. So yeah. uh, anyway, so now Diz is going to show up and I'm like, really? She would just show up late and be like, yeah. I'm part of this squadron now. Yeah. And he doesn't seem to mind. He's like, ah, oh, well, okay, very good. There's yeah. your orders. I'm happy. And he's like, yeah, these, the, we are the best. What makes you think you're good enough? Mm-hmm. And then she gets into a fighting stance and then that's the type of gal who makes squad leader. Yeah, I liked how she was a gal there. I don't know. It was yeah, fun. <laughs> and then and then Johnny starts smiling when she gets choked out. I'm like, dude, that's weird. That's that's a bit much. <laughs> yeah, he's like, yeah, you got what's coming to you, Diz, for following me here. God damn. It's like, wow, this guy's even meaner than than Carmen. Yeah, well, because like, he's uh, appreciating violence. Carmen just appreciated the jealousy. Yeah, that's true, actually. You know, actually, you know what? Now that you mention it, actually, it absolutely does seem like she just liked getting him jealous. Yeah. I don't know how that didn't occur to me. Like, she's sitting there, like, openly flirting with Xander after the play. I didn't know you were allowed to just go up to the stands and hang out, by the way. Like, between plays. <laughs> yeah, Maybe yeah, you exactly. are. In high school football in 1997. Uh, high and school arena football. High school arena football with, like, a cool silver ball. I just think that, like, I, it's so funny to me that... Paul Verhoeven was like, arena football is kind of starting now, you know? I mean, John Bon Jovi owns the Philadelphia Soul, so... Yeah, like, this is uh, clearly going to be a big This thing. is going to last. Yeah, uh-huh. He, there was one prognostication he was not correct about. <laughs> he wasn't good about all the other elements, but the politi- politics part of it, he was, oh, was kind of dead Sport, on. Sports, he was clueless, but aside from, aside from yeah. that, he knew, he knew just what he was doing. So... Now we're going to go to the food line, and Breckenridge is upset with this. Uh, you know, he's got his futuristic liquid keeler thing. Um, and uh, Jake Busey just goes, cuts in front of everybody. Look, it's a weird, like, bully move, you know? Yeah. And he's like, ah, it's all the same grub, you know? And everybody's just like, no. Yeah. And, of course, Rico stands up to him, right? Get in the line like everybody else. Mm-hmm. Good, I did enjoy actor. though that he's like he's like, huh, yeah, you and I can be friends. <laughs> it was kind of a weird thing. Like I, I liked how everybody in the line was resistant to him just cutting. Like, I liked how everybody was like, no, get the fuck to the back. And um, I guess like sometimes if you, I don't know, like he, I don't know, um, kind of just insisting on being friends with Rico in a way, you know? Yeah. Like, well, you may not like me, but we're friendly, so we're friends now. Okay, we're friends now. <laughs> well, I also like that, you know, there's a lot about this basic training that's very, like, hard, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it's kind of crazy. Um, but Zim is just standing there watching this whole, you know, chow line thing happen. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I'm like, my experience in basic training, you, you marched into the chow hall. Mm-hmm. 
and you marched to the side. You got one thing. Like you had specific instructions and you had to you had everything was at a 90 degree angle. Mm-hmm. So like when you wanted something as you were going down the line, you would lift up your tray, put it forward, they put this they put the food on it, you pull it back to your chest and and put it down. Mm-hmm. Like all 90 degree straight lines. And if you didn't, you would have a drill instructor in your ear. What the piss is wrong with you, nut? Sounds fun. <laughs> yeah. So this feels kind of odd that it wouldn't be like that. Like basic training suddenly easier in in the hard ass future. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, they can break your arm, but they don't care if you're messing around for chow. I guess. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well. Anyway, so um, so uh, Breckenridge pushes them to the back of the line, and now you know Ace and Johnny are shown becoming friends because Ace sits with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we're going to go back to basic, and they're like running the obstacle course and and uh, throwing knives at a target, right? And then Ace can't do the knives, mm-hmm. and he goes. Sir, I don't understand, sir. I mean, why do you need a knife in a nuke fight? I mean, you just press a button. And he goes, put your hand on that wall. (laughs) And then, bam, knife to the hand. And he's like, because he can't push a button if you disable his hand. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, sure. But the whole thing is here is you had to tell him to put his wall hand on the wall. Yeah. (laughs) So that you can disable his hand. So I feel like that doesn't make much sense. I don't think they're just going to put their hands on the wall for you and then stand still. And also, also, arachnids don't have hands. So I'm right. not really sure. This lesson is is strange to me. So now we're going to go go to the famous co-ed shower scene. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're going to talk about, like, you know, this guy's like, I'm a journalism guy, and I want to, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm a writer. interview writer. everybody. Yeah. Writers have the right, he says. And it's like, oh, you're, you're good. Yeah. Your, your work is going to be full of excellent puns. <laughs> This guy ever come back, by the way, or is he just gone after this? Yeah, he's in it throughout most of the movie. Really? Yeah, he's, well, he gets killed. I shouldn't say most of the movie. He gets killed by a bug. Mm-hmm. You know the opening scene that they show with the bug fight? Mm-hmm. Well, he ends up getting killed by a bug, and that's where Johnny Rico's like, no! And he goes and tries to kill that bug, and then he gets attacked by another bug, and we see him screaming into the camera. Bugs everywhere. It's that guy. That's the guy. I uh, would not have put that together. He was very nondescript to me. He looked like Chris O'Donnell to me. I thought he looked like Chris O'Donnell too, but then I wasn't wasn't able to pick him out amidst the helmeted faces. Yeah, he had striking eyes. <laughs> I he had blue eyes. It was very like I was like, wow, this guy's you know got different <laughs> eyes than everybody. Uh, but yeah. anyway, no, I don't go that way. But you have striking eyes, sir. <laughs> and he's like, "Well, thank you." Men should well, be allowed to tell each other they have striking eyes without it being without I mean, it being doesn't, gay. Doesn't bother me. I don't really care. I, I know. I think doesn't I think, mean I want to see your dick. You know, <laughs> you have maybe have enough. a good one of those too. I don't know. You have striking eyes. Whips it out. I just hey hey. <laughs> just immediately as soon as you say that, you're not a starship trooper anymore. This isn't co-ed naked showers. Speaking of which, here's one aspect of the future Paul Verhoeven got wrong. We got the jingoistic fascism. We did not get the co-ed showers. Well, not yet. I'm still, fingers crossed, you know? Well, well, given the fuss people are making just about trans people being in 
in shower rooms and bathrooms. I feel like they're not going to let people who actually identify as the opposite gender to go into your showers. But maybe they will someday. You're like, well, I remain hopeful. <laughs> Don't take this away from me. <laughs> and also, everyone's going to be as good looking as actors in their, you know, late twenties. Yeah, that's like when you go to a nudist beach because you're like, oh, I can't wait to go to a nudist beach, and you're like, oh, it's just a bunch of fat guys. Yep, it's just fat guys. That's it. <laughs> I I would kill for a fat woman. Just no, it's <laughs> it's all fat dudes. So, um. I thought it was interesting. There was, there was one comment on here like, this person wants to do this. I don't even remember them all, but this one, I want to have babies. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> and it's a lot easier to get a license if you serve. I was like, it's that's like, oh, kind of a crazy thought. Yeah, um, what a nice little extra throwaway you know, thing. That There's a lot of world building that yeah. he does with it, like throwaway lines. It absolutely is. And then at this during everybody's why they enlisted thing, another just, ex I mean, it was probably the case at the time, too, but the one guy who says, oh, I got into Harvard, but we couldn't pay for it. So yeah. here I am. And it's like, well, you're going to die. So he's one of the first ones. You never, you never he gets got a little eat. zealous. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, it's also they're ramping each other up to the point that I guess you probably have to in order to go into those situations. But then, you know, you run right into it like a lava pit. Just like, here we go. Whoops. Right, right into the right into the, the, the fracas. Hey, thanks for checking that out for us, Diaz. Yeah, I know. Come on. This is some really bad planning <laughs> for a lot. I mean, like, actually, the, the Sky Admiral or whatever gets fired for it. But, like, the planning here is just so shitty. Yeah. And then, it's, almost like, it's almost like they don't have an exit strategy. Right. Well, so Diz, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Diz shows up in this, uh, in this shower, and then, you know, she's like, he's here because of a girl. Mm -hmm. And Johnny doesn't like that, and he leaves. And then he's like, was it you? And then mm. she does this, like, well, I don't know, maybe. Yeah, like, is that really even a question? Like, he clearly does not like her. Yeah, like he left when she showed up. You know? Yeah. Um, so now we're going to cut over to flight training. And they're like, Ratio, whoever gets there first is going to get to fly the plane. How come not plane, starship. Yeah. How come multiple people don't get to fly? I feel like it should be like a thing. I don't know, but Harmon beat Amy Smart. And I was like, Amy Smart! <laughs> I would not. You could have given me a million years. I would never have known. I, You know how I know this is true about you? Because back when we watched it, I was like, oh, it's Amy Smart. And we, you remember this game that we used to play um, uh -huh. where we would like go sort of movie to movie and be like, how, you know, okay, so how'd you get there? Yeah. And you couldn't use the same actor or director twice. Mm -hmm. But I would go to Starship Troopers with Amy Smart from something. I did it like several <laughs> times. And you were like, how the fuck did you get to Starship Troopers? I'm like, Amy Smart. You're like, Amy Smart is in Starship Troopers? <laughs> Apparently, this is a fact that I refuse to, to internalize. <laughs> At this point, it's just not going to happen. It's just, you know, I give up. Yeah. <laughs> well, we get a great line reading next because they, mm -hmm. you know, race, they get there. And then this guy shows up. Oh, no, not Ibanez again. She's crazy. <laughs> no, you, now you'd think that you're exaggerating this guy's line delivery. But no, not really. A little bit, but he kind of does actually sound that way, <laughs> which is just great. <laughs> And then, you know, they, they, they fly out of there. And I, I don't know that I ever realized this, that it's a moon base. Yeah. 
I never, I just like never put that together. I was like, oh shit, it's the moon. All right. Um, so now she's gonna, she, they're like, why are you so happy? And she's like, cause I'm going to fly that. Cause she wants to fly the big throbbing stick. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and then Xander shows up and he's like, I'm the one teaching you how to fly. And I made this happen because I'm clearly into you. Seems like an abuse of power. <laughs> but okay. Yeah. Also, how does he have that? He's there for a day longer. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I don't. How did he end up being a teacher? And she's like, "Well, we enlisted like one day apart from each other, but all yeah. right." And you were also just in high school five seconds ago. Yeah, exactly. I mean, doesn't look like it, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> he looks like he's twenty nine or whatever. <laughs> um, and so does everybody in the future. And so. Uh, so then she's gonna like come out of the port, you know, mm. and like go too fast and like narrowly miss things. And I'm like, mm. this doesn't make her look like a good pilot yeah. to me. It doesn't. Like, and um it's amazing that nobody cared. I know. Like, what about that? Well, he's like, Don't exceed like, you know, exceed port speed because uh they'll revoke your pilot's license <laughs> and mine. And she's like, Oh, so your your career is in my hands. Mm-hmm. Which, like, after that experience, to me, if I'm Xander here, I'd be like, okay, I think you're done. Where's Amy <laughs> Smart again? Let's let her fly it. Yeah, I just looked it up to just confirm that you were correct, by the way, because I don't believe you still. Uh, yeah, she plays Pilot Cadet, so she didn't even get a name. She didn't get a name. That's hilarious. Pilot Cadet. That's her. She got some lines, so she got yeah. paid. She got a couple lines. What's, so what else is Patrick Muldoon in? Because I recognize this guy. Days of Our Lives. Is what I recognized him from. I didn't know you watched Days of Our Lives. When I was a kid, I loved some Days of Our Lives. I would <laughs> like if I, whenever I skipped school, I would watch mm-hmm. Days of Our Lives. I didn't know that at all. This is yeah. You learn something new every day. I guess. Well, it's because my uh, the babysitter I had, um, she watched Days of Our Lives all the time, and the other kids would nap, and I would just <laughs> watch Days of Our Lives. Well, doesn't he seem like a soap opera actor? Oh, yes, he does. And also, I just must know him from nothing because I didn't watch anything he was in, and that includes <laughs> movies. So I'm just you know him from Starship Troopers, is what you Make, that, that must be it. It's the only thing I've seen. I think that he's in. <laughs> so whatever. So anyway, that was a weird tangent. Um, yeah. Well, you know, at least now we're was, gonna get. It was related because he's in it. At least it's not completely out of nowhere. Yeah, that's true. So now we're gonna get some really great light speed animation. Oh yeah. Actually, it wasn't that good. It was very bad. You joke, but it wasn't good. So whatever. <laughs> uh, then we're going to cut back to basic to Johnny's basic training. Mm-hmm. And now they're playing laser tag, which looks fucking awesome, by the way. It, it really does. I wish yeah. I'd played laser tag in basic training. That sounds great. I just want to play laser tag now. Me too. You know, like Johnny's team is like, looks like they're losing, right? They're deep, the, mm-hmm. the other team's defense is too strong. Ace's team. Yeah. And then Diz goes, hey, flip six three-hole. And he's like, what? She's like, flip six three-hole and you'll score. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, now I get it. <laughs> and then he runs up and shoots everybody and gets the flag or whatever. And they're like, "Make him, give him a squad, see what he does with it, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, but she called the play. Yeah. It's it's funny. This is the first. What's well, one of? Not it's not the first, but it's an early example of just the fact that you know the the woman here just they find every excuse to not like promote her. 
Yeah. Like give, just... give every man in the unit, unit, including Ace, the job until they all fail. Right. And then you get Patrick Muldoon, who's like been in the service a day longer than Carmen. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, obviously you should be teaching the recruits. Come on. You're just too handsome not to. <laughs> um, we're going to go back and he's like, oh, mail call. And, and Johnny's got mail. And I'm like, oh, here it comes. The famous breakup with Carmen. Mm. And then, you know, they show her and, and she's like outside Jupiter. And I'm like, that's actually pretty cool. It was like looking at Jupiter through her window. It, it seems staged, though. You know, like, here I am at Jupiter. No, I don't think so. You think that was staged? <laughs> I always break up with people in front of Jupiter. I I really enjoyed the way they showed communication, by the way. You're like mailing each other's tiny CDs. <laughs> and just sending tiny CDs in the mail. That's how we used to do it in 1997. Yeah. It's like they almost got it right. You know, they were close. <laughs> <laughs> but they just didn't quite get there. Um, so now we're going to cut to, like, so he's just gotten broken up with, and so what's the best thing for him? Uh, let's lead a team with live ammunition. Why the fuck are you doing live ammunition? That's ridiculous. Yeah, that's, that's not the best idea, I wouldn't think, but hey. Or if, like, if you're going to do live ammunition, maybe take off the electrocution side of the laser tag. <laughs> that's true. Um, so... Yeah, Breckenridge is going to have a helmet malfunction, and and um, Rico's going to be like, here, let me take that helmet off for you. And I love the idea that this little helmet would have saved him from being shot in the fucking face. <laughs> yeah, the bullet would have bounced right off, and he would have been like, wow, thank God I have that helmet. Yeah, and it's like, you know, he took the helmet off, but, like, she shot backwards towards the, the rest of the team. Mm-hmm. So, like... You know, maybe pull your finger off the trigger when there's a chance that you could get electrocuted. It's <laughs> true. Uh, you know, I feel like they didn't teach these cadets anything. I feel like they just tossed them into the meat grinder, essentially. Yeah. They're like, yeah, now, now you can play with real bullets. <laughs> and, wow, what a gruesome death scene, by the way. Really? This is this movie had been gross up to this point, but this, is, I think, is one of the first times we see them really, like, it actively happen in front of us, not just the yeah. aftermath. This is like one of the first, and I think it's the most graphic of the death scenes. Seems like it probably is. Except for maybe Patrick Muldoon's later, Xander. Mm-hmm. Those moments pretty gross, too. But uh, so, so then, you know, they're like getting Rico in trouble. And, uh, and Rico's like, you know, for some reason he's going to stay on. And uh, he wanted everybody in his unit operational. And they're like, let's save this guy's career. We'll just give him a flogging at in town square. Yeah. <laughs> just with a regular whippy too. It wasn't, it wasn't yeah. a futuristic whip. It was just a whip. I forgot this part. I, and I, I, it, I forgot a lot of parts of this movie. It turns out. Well, now they're going to show, now I'm going to call him Hank because mm. that's his name in, uh, in uh, breaking bad. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> the, so I, I, just, I have no idea what his actual name is and, or what his actor name is or what his name is <laughs> in this movie, his character's name. But did you notice that his arms look way too long? No, I did. The things you notice, I swear to God, I was not paying attention to the arm acting in this scene. <laughs> Maybe I'm the weird one. Well, he just he has his arms to his side, as you would, because he's at attention. And... Mm. Uh, I'm just like, my God, he looks like an orangutan. 
Um, maybe he, maybe all the guys who lost their arms, maybe this guy took them and added them onto his own arms. I've had the longest arms. <laughs> he's collecting arms. Who knows? Well, he's like, I have the right to bear arms. <laughs> so, um, did you think it was kind of nice that they had a white guy getting whipped by a black guy? Oh yeah. Well, I, I actually did notice that and kind of thought this is. I wonder if it's purposeful, but I kind of hope it isn't. They should have they should have brought out Denzel Washington and have him do it. Yeah, seriously. Well, I think that they probably purposely didn't want to put a black guy in the Rico role. Yeah. If they're going to have this scene, um, you know that actually reminds me. They're all from Buenos Aires, apparently. Right, and they're definitely not Hispanic. <laughs> yeah, I feel like they're all white. Maybe I I just I don't know. I know that I know that Hispanic people can be white. But this is just this is Van future. It's just white. <laughs> yeah, this is the future when the Aryan race takes over the world. So evidently, I mean, it's kind of kind of not a well. Maybe it is a coincidence. I don't know. So now we're gonna cut back to Fleet again, and uh, we get a goofy scene between Karma and Soap Opera Guy. Mm-hmm. Right. Karma um, <laughs> and Soap Opera Guy. <laughs> Xander. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there, it's like, I mapped a better course. And he's like, Yo, you think you can beat my navs? You've mm. been doing this for like, You've been doing it for the same amount of time. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I did, you know, I didn't even think about all this. I was, I assumed he was an ROTC or something. Yeah, maybe. Um, so <laughs> then, you know, she hits the asteroid that, that the bugs have sent to Earth. Um, which, by the way, okay, if they've done light speed travel and they've traveled across the galaxy and they're near Klendathu and this asteroid is going by them there, Mm -hmm. how fast is this asteroid going that it hit Earth like a day later? I don't know. Well, think about it, though. If they can shoot like excretion from their butts. Up into space. Into orbit. <laughs> I, I presume if they really wanted to, they could move an asteroid pretty quickly. So that's just my assumption. Okay. But it would need <laughs> to go beyond light speed to get to Earth that quickly. I don't know. I uh, <laughs> there's, a lot of, there's a lot of things that you're asking in this movie, and I just don't have an answer to. So I honestly didn't even think until we started talking about it just now. Yeah. I didn't even think of it then. But I'm like thinking about it now. I'm like, well, shit. There's no fucking way it is. <laughs> It would take like millions of years, and then they would be like, "Hey, what?" They would, and and the the thought would be, "Hey, somebody must have sent this meteor here." <laughs> yeah, from ever, forever ago. Um, they meant to hit the dinosaurs. Exactly. Now, and then, so you know, the they hit their comm tower apparently, mm-hmm. and um, and and then he's like, "Close compartment twenty one," and then she just hits a green button that says "enable." okay i guess that closes compartment 21 that's all that button does just in case you ever need it an awfully specific function but a very vague you know label yeah exactly let's see which button button closes compartment 21 right this one and then you know like damage assessment so so then the the captain or whatever she's like damage assessment and he's like, oh, the hole's been compromised, but we're lucky to be alive, man. Luck had, didn't have anything to do with it. We have one hell of a fight, a flight mm-hmm. team. And I'm like, the acting is just so good. It's so good in this. <laughs> you love this movie's acting, it turns out. <laughs> so now we're going to cut back to basic, and Rico is leaving. 
And I'm like, this is really weird that you would take the la- the flogging in town square. Yeah. And be like, okay, now I'm leaving. And then leave. That's really kind of strange, but okay. Like, why wouldn't you be like, yeah, I think I'm just going to leave. I'll, if, just, I'll just leave. All yeah. things being equal, I'd rather not be whipped ten times. Um, wanted to make a point, maybe, I guess? I have, this is very odd. So... Then Diz is like, if you wash, if you walk down Washout Lane, you're only proving one thing. What's that, Diz? You don't have what it takes to be a citizen. That's the only thing he's proving. Yep. He doesn't have what it takes. So now we get my favorite line in the movie. All right, we're gonna find out that the bugs destroyed Buenos Aires, right? Mm-hmm. And um, the the one who wanted babies mm-hmm. says to Johnny. Goddamn bugs whacked us, Johnny. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, amazing, right? I don't remember this scene from The Sopranos. (laughs) Goddamn bugs whacked us, Johnny. I mean, if this is your favorite line from this movie, you you seem to have a number of lines that stuck with you, so it's impressive that this one, this one, it really says what this one, how good this one is, so. (laughs) Well, um, I'm surprised that you're, it's not your favorite, to be honest with you. I so now we're—I kind of didn't notice. I feel stupid now, but I don't. You know. didn't notice the goddamn bugs whacked us, Johnny, in a very like cartoonish way. Goddamn bugs whacked us, Johnny. No, I kind of—I I was kind of just—I oh, guess the bugs whacked them. So <laughs> it's amazing to me that that went past you. Um, just be, not because like I'm not like making casting any aspersions it just seems like something that you would find hilarious yeah i I was i was taking this movie kind of straight i guess (laughs) bugs got him that's a shame it's weird that i didn't take it straight yeah um now i love the way rico says yes sir after zim rips up the paperwork here also Mm -hmm. yes sir (laughs) like i'm pretty sure he would have fucked him right then and there yeah well you know would you wouldn't you have i mean zim's pretty awesome (laughs) Yeah. Um, so now we're going to cut back to the satire again, which apparently just went right over the critics' heads. Mm-hmm. Um, the only good bug is a dead bug. The the do your part where they kill cockroaches, mm-hmm. the kids, and the mom laughs maniacally, as we talked about before, yeah. one of my favorite parts of the movie. I remember loving it in the theater, too. I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck is happening here? <laughs> it's it's just really strange that they, they took this. And, oh, man, they must be serious. You know, right. This, is, this strikes me as a serious movie. Oh, it's odd. Like I don't know how. How could you even make it? Like, like okay, maybe you missed it in the beginning. Seems weird, but fine. How do you make it past that scene and think this guy's pro-fascism? You yeah. know, this movie's pro. Like, what? Who were these critics exactly? You know, like seriously. Leonard Malton? I don't know. Roger Ebert? Gene Siskel? <laughs> it must have been Leonard Malton. That's who it was. You know what? It was Gene Shalit. Oh, Gene Shalit. I actually saw him. Yeah, no, you mentioned. <laughs> at the at the Regal in uh, Albany. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> quite the thing, quite the person to see, but all right. He's a weird looking guy. Um so now now we're gonna go after the you know the satire is over. Um, I feel like they did these scenes to be like, it's satire, everybody. Hello, satire, satire. You know, yeah. like to like really hammer it home, and everybody was like, oh, that's funny. <laughs> um, 
so now we're going to cut to they're on, you know, Ticonderoga and we've got this guy like, you know, this newsman and he of course interviews Diz and um Ace and then the other guy that ends up getting killed cuz remember the guy that you were like is he even in the rest of the movie? He's mm. the other one that gets a tattoo. Oh, yeah. Four people. Um and then uh and then Rico's like I'm from Buenos Aires and I say kill them all. Mm-hmm. Oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Casper. Uh, you were a friendly ghost. Um, so, sorry. <laughs> right. I'm glad I got you. That made me happy. Um, so now we're gonna, you know, Johnny, Johnny Rico, is that you, <laughs> Denise, doing her best acting job here? And then, uh, and then Xander's gonna show up and just be a complete fucking dick. Like, yeah. I just, I'm like. I don't know. To me, this felt a little out of place. Like, why is he being such a giant douchebag? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I don't know. This character does not come off the best all the time. Yeah, and also Carmen being like, I think what I did was for the best, <laughs> both of us. Like, I think she kind of sucks, too. Yeah. Um, although I will say, Xander's suplex of Johnny, pretty fucking badass. I, I know. Sign him up. He should should have played arena wrestling, not arena football. Exactly. Why don't they just nuke the whole fucking planet? I don't know why they didn't start there, you know? It's weird, right? Because, like, like, yeah, they they should have noticed at some point that the, like, that's what I mean with the planning. They're just like, all right, everybody, go get them. Oh, shit, oh, shit, they're good at fighting. Like, you should have known. You should have known. Yeah, it's, um... I mean, they make that point that military intelligence really fucked it up. But uh, I also enjoy that they're on the drop ship, you know, and he's like, you kill anything with more than two legs, you get me. Uh-huh. And I'm just thinking, like, all the guys with big dicks are like, can we just <laughs> maybe more than three legs? <laughs> and so now they're like, military intelligence says it's going to be random and light, you know, the mm. shooting feces into the sky, <laughs> bright blue. Uh, really bio- that that's, that's okay. <laughs> you don't know what that is? Yeah, no, it's just strange. Is all, <laughs> that's all I'm saying. So, like, all right, they're pooping. That's, that's good, I guess. So they're the the, the best flight team in the fleet. Mm-hmm. Is what Xander says earlier. But they couldn't escape the bug plasma butt shooters. <laughs> How um, could you? I mean, they show them shooting it on the ground, and I'm like, that's going really slow for <laughs> it going into orbit. Yeah. You know? Maybe it's, ex- I, 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 you know what? Maybe it's extremely light. It just sort of floats up, you know? <laughs> you can just guide it, guided floating. There's not much gravity on this planet, um, except <laughs> when you're human. Apparently. Except when you're human and you're walking, yeah. Yeah. Which, by the way, how many extras, extras did they have for this? Because there was a lot of people that they showed, like, running onto Glendathu there. Yeah, and unless they use CGI to, like, fill out the ranks, they must have just had a bunch of people running around. <laughs> right? So, now they're going to start killing, like, one bug shows up. This one arachnid is like, hey, what's going on over here? Oh, shit! Uh-huh. You know, like, he's going to rip apart somebody, and then everybody's going to kill him. And they're like, I got him! <laughs> Killed that bug! So then it takes a lot of firepower to kill a bug, by the way. It does. These things are durable, it would seem. Well, Neil Patrick Harris explained that, I guess. Yeah, well, he says if you take off a limb, aim for the nerve stem, which, Mm -hmm. like, he never really says where it is. 
Yeah, you just figure it out. Like, there's a nerve stem in there. You should get that. Now, they kill this one bug. They're kind of freaking out because they're going with, like, a ton of bugs now, right? They're charging down. And they're like, Ace, what do we do? He's like, uh, I don't know. And the command that he couldn't think of was, kill them! Kill them all! <laughs> yeah, not Ace's finest moment. Yeah. And then the moron here, I can't remember his name, Hispanic name, who is not from Buenos Aires, apparently. Mm. Um, he just runs out in front of everybody. He's like, yeah, you want some? You want some? You want some too? You want some? And I'm like, you just went out in front of everybody who's shooting, so that seems like a stupid move. Yeah. Um, well, you know, like I said, I don't think they trained anybody. It's just, yeah, right. Not so. I shouldn't be surprising that they all died. So yeah, now this guy dies, and uh, and then we've got the, the reporter and the cameraman who apparently are just like on the front lines. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, I know. <laughs> and the cameraman just keeps filming. Yeah, it doesn't seem to bother him. So okay. Yeah, look, that guy got ripped apart. Uh, <laughs> make sure I keep the camera on him. And then he, he doesn't leave until Rico says, get out of here. <laughs> Rico's going to get, you know, so this is when the other guy gets killed. And Rico gets upset and he kills that bug. And then he's trying mm-hmm. to kill other bugs. He starts using a shotgun. Um, and I'm like, well, it seems like maybe you guys should have switched to shotgun sooner because that seemed more effective. Mm-hmm. And then um, and then he gets blasted in the leg, like, like pretty bad. It's a deep cut. goes through his leg. Uh, and then more are coming, and it looks like it's going to eat him, and somehow he's fine. Yeah. <laughs> he's the star. He has plot armor. He's the star of the movie. Can't, can't die just from bugs. It's also interesting because I feel like they show they eventually show one of the arachnids' eyes, you know? Mm. But where were their mouths? Maybe they don't have mouths. There are bugs that don't have mouths. Okay. <laughs> if you're asking how they eat, I don't know. Maybe they don't eat. <laughs> Luna moths, one of my favorite kind of moth, and I'm sure everybody up there has a favorite kind of moth. That's yeah, a whole, that's top a whole 10 moths thing. coming up. Um, they don't have mouths. They uh, live for about a week and then starve to death. That is so fucking weird. <laughs> yeah, they procreate, and then uh, that's it. So, Wow. Luna, Luna moths are great. They're uh, one of the largest moths, and they're this really interesting green color. Look them up. Well, or don't look them up. By the way. Well, I actually know because I've read the Eric Carl book, very um, not very hungry caterpillar. What's the other one? Very noisy cricket or whatever it is. Mm. Of course. I know all about Luna moths. So anyway, um, <clears throat> now we're going to show some more propaganda filming, right? And uh, oh, And yeah. it's like 100,000 dead in one hour. Yeah, <laughs> so that's good. And you know what? These people never seem to put together because they showed the uh, the death toll for Buenos Aires, which was high. I get that. But then somehow it doesn't bother them as much that 100,000 people died because, you know, the military was dumb. Like, Well, you know, they, had, they made the, the air marshal guy resign. Well, okay. That's, and that, then, that fixes that. Yeah, I mean, that's sort of the least he could do, right? Yeah. So then on top of that, the woman takes over, right? Mm. It's just sort of interesting that the, the, the woman's plan is to sort of learn about them and then, like, you know, figure out a plan of attack from there. Mm-hmm. And the guy's plan was like, let's just go get them. Let's go kill them. Just run in. Every, just send them all. They'll run. And I just, I feel like that's, <laughs> I, I wonder if that's on purpose. 
Because it feels very accurate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they should have started with the second person, frankly. But hey, that's this movie's problem. They keep they keep re re-promoting Jake Busey until he completely fails. Right. Now talk, talk about failing upward. Yeah, exactly. So now we're gonna have a uh, a great little um, what should I call it? Uh, like a talk show. Mm-hmm. Which felt very accurate to the talk shows of today, which is scary. Also, I know this guy. Yeah, and the guy just won't listen to her. Yep, she like kicks him. She's like, "Hey, there could be a brain bug that we've never seen." And he's like, "I frankly, I find the idea of a brain bug offensive." Yep. Um, I actually thought it was kind of hilarious. This guy, <laughs> he was like so perfectly over the top. Yeah, he kind of upset me actually. <laughs> So, just reminded me too much of lots of things. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, it, was, it was pretty spot on, actually. So, the bugs just basically fucked up their whole fleet. Yeah. Right? Like, every ship is fucked up. Now, they're going to show Johnny Rico, who's, well, look, they're going to say, oh, he's killed in action, so we think he's dead for like two seconds, and then he's actually in the uh, the vat of water. And um, it seems like they have they have healing water in the future. Yeah. Well, and they have this technology that they're just like redoing his leg. Yeah. I'm like, well, if they have that, then why is, does anybody not have a limb? You know? Yeah, lots of people don't have limbs, and like they don't seem very concerned with saving a lot of the people. Right. Exactly. I'm like, you know, if you can, if, if it takes three days to just like close your leg basically, because it was just wide open. Um, I don't know why you wouldn't want to save more people, because it's yeah. like you could just bring them back and reinforce. But, you know, whatever. Um, Who am I to say? I'm not a sky marshal, or whatever. Also, you know, they just lost a lot of people, and Jake Busey and, and Ace and Diz are just, like, really upbeat. Yeah, hey, Johnny, you're dead! <laughs> 100,000 casualties, but <laughs> yeah, it's very weird. So now we're going to get Rat Check is going to show up. Mm-hmm. Rat Check's Roughnecks. and Because, uh, you know, they always bring back into service old, crippled teachers. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I feel like you're uh, saying that's not accurate. And um, I shouldn't call him crippled. That's a mean thing to say, by the way. <laughs> But whatever, it's I did. I'm, I'm dumb. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna leave in the crippled part and not your apology. Okay, so, enjoy. <laughs> so you know, he gives a speech. It's for all the new people, which are all three of them, by the yeah. way. Yeah, exactly. For all like, you yells it to the room. <laughs> okay, so us. Uh, and he's like, uh, everyone fights, no one quits. If you don't do your job, I'll shoot you myself. Mm-hmm. And then they're talking about, like, you know, the next thing they're going to do. They're going to say, after Fleet glasses the planet, MI mops up. Which I definitely did not catch that before. Glasses the planet. Yeah. It's kind of clever. Clever way to say nuke. Because the nuke will turn all the sand into glass. Wow. <laughs> mind, mind glassed. You know what I mean? <laughs> I did not pick that up at all. I thought they said gassed. Right, that's what I thought they said. You know, when I 
watched it however many times. I think I thought I said at one point I thought they said blast, you mm. know. Um, but yeah, they said glasses. Who knew? So I mean you, but I didn't. So now they're gonna like they're gonna split up the squad a little bit. Mm-hmm. This cute Jake Busey didn't want to leave Rico. You know, he's like, no, I'm in a squad with with Rico. <laughs> I stay Rico. <laughs> so now we're gonna see more bugs, and I'm like, I don't. It's kind of incredible that any bug would survive an entire planet nuking. But okay. Yeah, I mean, these are really resilient bugs, although they don't have mounts, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Well, they're going to kill this one bug, and then uh, Psychopath is going to just shoot into its eye over and over again as its blood goes pouring onto his face. <laughs> well, and then he says, ain't much to look at after you scrape him off your boot. It's like, well, he's not on your boot. Yeah. He's all over your face. Also, like, you have not been winning this, so it's weird. <laughs> yeah. You guys have an awful lot of bravado for getting your asses kicked at every juncture. Yeah. But okay. Um, So why did they even send mobile infantry down there? You know, I don't know. This is another good question. Like, did they need to kill every bug? Is extinction the goal? I mean, I guess. Well, actually, um, I I could have swore that at some point or another, you find out in this movie that it's the humans who are the aggressors that they went and found, like, the bugs or whatever, and were like, we want to kill you all because we want something you have, whatever. Or, or or I'm making that up. I don't I don't remember that happening. I think I might be conflating this with a Futurama episode. So let's, <laughs> let's not take anything I say at face value, ever. All right. Well, they're basically <laughs> the same thing. So, so now we're going we're gonna to get Rico uh, riding a giant bug dragon bug that shoots fire like dragons yeah i love um, that these bugs have whatever capacity whatever capability they, the movie wants them to have they shoot fire now okay and they melt off this woman's arm like really gruesomely frankly yeah it was, it was gross and she's the you know the the squad lead the corporal you know mm-hmm. and so now johnny's gonna jump on its back and shoot a hole in its thorax and uh and then throw a bomb into it yeah, it's a great, great plan. It's it's the best plan they've had so far. Yep, and he's you know it's it's gonna work. And then um you know, Rat Check is gonna be like, I need a corporal. You're it until you're dead or until I find someone better. Mm-hmm. Which I enjoyed actually. Cool line. Um, so now he's like, you know, I expect the best and I give the best because they're back at camp now. And and then he's like, here's the beer and here's the entertainment. There's two footballs. Yeah. Now, how big is this unit that he's got? They've got two footballs to play with, and randomly you put a fiddle? <laughs> a, a cool futuristic fiddle, thank you. Yeah, it's like glass green fiddle. He's like, and for Ace, a fiddle. Because <laughs> exactly. I know he plays it, and that's it. Who knows if anyone else enjoys it, but he does play it. There was also a soccer ball in there. It just seemed like nobody played with it. Yeah, Being from Buenos Aires, you'd think right. they would, but whatever. Um, Now... Now, uh, the psychopath is going to go up to Rico and be like, Rico, you kill bugs good. <laughs> wow. Okay. This movie sponsored by Raid. And then he's going to deny Diz again. She's like, come dance with me. Mm-hmm. And um, by the way, that was a good joke. Movie sponsored by Raid. Um, <laughs> by the way, 30 minutes ago, you had a very nice comment there. I enjoyed it. Let's move on. Well, I've noticed in listening to our uh, to our 
podcast episodes every once in a while that like you'll say lines and I just won't hear them. Yeah. And I just I was like I wanted to acknowledge that I did hear that one. It was good. <laughs> well, I'm glad because you know what? I don't mind. I'll just talk I talk to myself most days. Like I just spend my t- spend my time just chatting with myself. Um so, you know, I'm fine. <laughs> well, Ratchik is going to come up to to Rico after he sees uh um him, you know, spurn Diz once again. And um you asked you asked me for advice once, right? You want some now? I'm like, yeah. Never pass up a good thing. I actually kind of enjoyed that. It was like stop being such a dipshit. Yeah. Same. Um also, I looked this up while I was watching it, but Jake Busey did learn to play violin for this movie. Oh, how about that? I thought that was kind of fun. He just wanted to learn how to play violin, so he's like, my character, I think, would play violin. Well, it's interesting because, like, this wouldn't be the movie you'd think you'd need to learn to play violin for. Exactly. Also, also, I was I had decided to look it up because I'm like, wow, it looks like he's really playing it. You know? Mm-hmm. He was. And then we get um, kind of a passionate kiss where she's essentially blindfolded and her hands are tied. Yeah, that was kind of like, I don't know, it was like a power move by... Uh... By Rico? Yeah. Casper Van I know someone in this household that would have loved that. Um, So, (laughs) anyway. TMI. Oh, that's exactly what she's going to say, which is why I'll probably cut it out. No, just leave it in and let her listen to this episode on on her own. The thing is, is she'll never listen to it, you know? (laughs) So, like, I feel like it's safe, but uh, whatever. Anyway, so the one time she's like, "Oh, he's gonna yeah, be so she's proud like, of." Oh, Starship Troopers! Yeah, I'll, I'll listen to that one. <laughs> she spit, She does a spit take when she gets to that part. <laughs> um, she like tells her parents to listen to it. Oh know, yeah, she listens to it. You should listen to this one. I think it's a good one. Um, so now she's gonna be like, "I love you, Johnny," and I'm like, "You're just gonna do the same thing to her that you that you hated Carmen doing to you." Yeah, what a dick. Then we get kind of a cute little moment because Ratchek's going to be like, hey, we got to move out. Got word from headquarters, right? And uh, he's like, who do you have in there with you? And then she's like, Flores, sir. And um, he's like, okay, better make it 20 minutes. <laughs> and, then, and then they laugh and they're like, she, she's like, 20 minutes, huh? And he's like, we can do it. And then they like race to get their clothes off. I th- actually thought that was really cute. I, you know, I, I, I don't know. It was kind of weird to me, but that's okay. I just I was just kept thinking like Rico's like oh twenty minutes I only need three you know like yeah I know felt felt, I mean, I felt a little bad too. for Diz I was like oh Diz you're never gonna get she's finally get to gonna get to have him and she's got to have it like timed yeah she's like oh shit better get, better turn on the old stopwatch but I feel like you know that's kind of how most women's experience is mm-hmm. you know <laughs> like oh I want this guy so bad that was kind of disappointing. Yeah. yeah, that's probably how it is. Because, <laughs> um, you know, he's going to roll over and be like, I came, did you? And she's going to be like, no. <laughs> so anyway. be like, well, better go kill some bugs. I know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, we had 20 minutes. You should have you should have worked on yourself. Yeah. Um, now they're walking through a canyon here. And I'm like, mm-hmm. this seems like a bad idea that you're not on the high ground, especially when you're looking up and you're like, oh, there's rocks falling. Yeah. But that never ended up becoming a problem, which I thought. Was I know that was just completely random. Like, I was like, "Oh, here come the bugs," and then there were no bugs. You know, well, so. one there was one flying bug, is our first flying bug. Yeah. Um, 
And, uh, you know, he's like, tells the guy, oh, go up to higher grounds, the canyon. I'm like, it looks pretty wide open to me. I can't imagine that the canyon walls are keeping your comms down, but sure. Yeah. Um, then the flying bug comes and he shoots the fucking guy. <laughs> yeah. And I would expect any one of you to do the same for me. And I'm like, but you couldn't have tried to shoot the bug first? You know? This, like, this goes back to their having no interest in saving their own soldiers, it would seem. Yeah. Just and then he promotes Rico. Yeah. It's just, I never liked that guy anyway. What about you, Rico? Because like, yes, sir. Actually, Rico continually gets promoted upward because somebody dies. Now they're going to show up at the uh, this outpost, right? Mm-hmm. And um, it's pretty gross. <laughs> just a bunch of dismembered bodies everywhere, and uh, yeah, they do not spare any expense on the on the dismemberments here. By the way, people's oh, faces sorry. ripped open, their heads—it's yeah, gross. It was, yeah, that's how do you think they did that? Do you think it was just they I made like know. models? Because they must have. That's that's the gruesome task to be like in the effects department and have to just sculpt models of dead people because they probably used real people, you know? Like yeah. Hey, hey, could you pose a little bit this way? I need to get your fucking eye falling out better. Actually, you know, I didn't mention this about Notables because I had a hard time believing it, but uh, they actually <laughs> killed people. <laughs> it was just like a freaking holocaust. It was awful. They really <laughs> wanted to. They really wanted to get that fascism part down. You know, <laughs> authentic fascism. <laughs> I don't know about this part. <laughs> so I felt like it was a little more graphic than necessary. Yeah, probably. Um, and then they. They show the brains, the guy whose brains got sucked out. I just, okay, so first of all, I'm like, oh, this gross, there's a hole in his head. It's like re- really graphic and nasty. And then the guy just sticks, Rat Chick just sticks his metal fingers inside yep. and goes, they sucked his brains out. And I'm like, okay, that's just, I mean, how do you, how can you, as an actor, and you're, you're reading your lines, like how do, you, how do you do this with a straight face? They I sucked don't. his brains out. I, I think it's the money they get paid with. I don't know. I would. I don't know how oh, you don't like laugh. Anything. Oh, <laughs> that's because they hate their lives and they're miserable. <laughs> oh wait, no, that's just us. So the general that was the general the field the field marshal or whatever. That that. Uh, oh no, I don't. Th- I don't think so. I think he was just random and new. But then again, I thought that that. Several other people didn't stop existing in this movie after their initial scenes, so I don't know. Yeah, he thought Chris O'Donnell was gone. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, this this general is uh, sort of funny in how cowardly he was. <laughs> he hid in a yeah in a fridge, um, just like Indiana Jones. <laughs> that's right. That's right. You can survive a nuclear blast in there. Um, and I love that Ratchek was actually going to shoot the general. I think you should just kill me. And he's like, fine. Will do. I love doing that. <laughs> Putting like, people wow. out of their misery. I love it. It's one of my favorites. I mean, he did say, I'll shoot you myself if you don't do your job. So that's true. And the general is pretty, pretty uh, clearly not doing his job. It, uh, it, yeah, it appears that way. But, um, now we're going to see them like the the attack is imminent because we found out that the they had fartlet with the ex, the stress call was fake and, mm-hmm. and uh and then they show the bugs coming there's a lot of fucking bugs like they're fucked yeah 
pretty much. Uh, uh, given how long it takes to kill one of the bugs with these guns. Yeah. Know, this many coming at you, it's not good. Not good at all. So, um, <laughs> now, and then they're going to, you know, the flying bugs are back and they just start decapitating people. <laughs> yeah. Okay, wow. Um, Another new thing that they do now. Things. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, one bug, one flying bug comes in, and Johnny and Ace, they shoot it, and it's it's going to die, but it's going to, like, fall into the base and just destroy the general. All you just see is a pile of blood after that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's just, and just I, turned into mush. Yeah, and I love that Ace laughs when the general eats it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> you know, he just, like, shrugs, like, oh, that's kind of funny. <laughs> okay. Yeah, general. <laughs> and then uh, he's like, this place crawls, and, you know, it's like, it'd be crazy to fly in there. Well, I guess you'll need a crazy pilot. Oh, well, like, well, I think we know somebody. Yeah. I'm like, I wonder who the pilot's going to be. Set that up from before. So now, you know, the ground's going to give way and one of those, you know, dragon bugs is going to come out and, uh, so, you know, not going to come out yet. It's going to eat Ratchek's legs first. And uh, and Ratchek's like, you know what to do. <laughs> I'm just like, you couldn't have saved him? We already met a guy that had the no legs and one arm also. Like, mm-hmm. it seems like you could be saved. And said Johnny's like, sure, I'll just shoot him in the chest. Bye. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. And now Diz is gonna eat after after she blows up the. I mean, also like, it it feels kind of bad how quickly she dispatches this the dragon bug. Mm-hmm. You know, like he dies and then she's just like, oh, I just blow up his head. It'll be fine. Like, well, that's too bad. You know. <laughs> yeah. Um. But then she's gonna she's gonna eat it too. Um. She's gonna get all sorts of bad stuff, and he's going to shoot off <laughs> one of the limbs. <laughs> Rico's going to shoot off one of the limbs. It's going to stick in her, and then they're going to pull it out. I'm like, I think you should have left it in. <laughs> yeah. You know, because then she would have maybe not bled as fast. But um, they get her into the transport, and not before the, the two people in the tower get burnt alive, lavaed, melted. Because soap opera guy's like, come on, Tower. You don't remember what I'm talking about? <laughs> no, I know what you're talking about. I'm just letting, you, just letting you ramble. Why not? Thanks. Thanks. That's yeah. what, it's what the people yeah. want. Yeah. You go um, and, and, then, and then they got burned up to a crisp. <laughs> so now we're going to get Diz's death scene. And she's like, I'm dying, Johnny. And he's like, no, Diz. No. <laughs> and she's like, it's all right, because I got to have you. Yeah, um, a line, if if it had been serious, I would have audibly made groaning noises like right. the entire rest of the movie. But I'm going to assume that it's also satirical, because otherwise I would not have been able to continue. <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculous, and yet it actually got me feeling kind of sad. Sad that Diz's life is so sad. Yeah. And then, you know, now now Casper is all upset. He is definitely not a friendly ghost now. No. And he goes up to the front, and he's like, you need to order nuking of this place. And, and then the captain of the fleet 
person to <laughs> ship Roger Young. She just was smiling, like, don't we have other plans? Casper's um, all angry after that. Yeah, and he goes, MI does the flying, Fleet just does the dying. I actually remembered that line from years yeah. ago. I remember um, it. Yeah, no, it's I like did he coin it right then or is that something people say? Because we haven't I heard feel it like yet. it I feel like the idea is that people say it. People know? say it, yeah, but we haven't heard it. So right. first, the first like, time we're hearing it. Yeah, it's like, oh wow, you're clever. I didn't realize this about you. Rico. <laughs> you should do propaganda. <laughs> He's like, I intend to. Um, and now Denise Richards is gonna be very ridiculously dramatic as she takes her helmet off and looks back at him. Mm-hmm. It was nice of Xander to be like, I think you should know your friend Rico's back there. Yeah. Like, because you were so nice to him. Um, <laughs> now they're gonna they're gonna bury quote unquote mm-hmm. uh, Diz here, and which bury means shoot a casket into space, mm-hmm. which seems just, like a waste of resources, but you know whatever. Just like at the end of Star Trek too. Just like that, um, except that. In this movie, apparently the spaceship is moving insanely slowly because <laughs> the casket stays there, and the casket looks like it's a fucking planet once it's out there. It's gigantic. <laughs> yeah, they they are moving very slowly. They're moving negative the speed of light. <laughs> so wouldn't that be backwards? Yeah, it's maximum. It's maximum slowness. It's the slow limit of the universe. <laughs> Um, and so now Rico's going to get promoted again because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you know Carl apparently has that ability. They all went out at the same time, remember? Same time, but he's a colonel, and hey, he can say you're promoted. You want the job? Yeah, these guys are these these people are like 18, by the way. They're like yeah, exactly. maybe turning 19 at this point. But uh, yeah, and actually, you know what? We forgot to mention. I like how. So many of these people die, like 100,000 casualties, whatever. And I mean, their bodies are just left unceremoniously ripped open and, you know, decapitated and everything else, except for Diz, whom they give an enormous, elaborate military funeral to. She's the one they care about. (laughs) Even even Ratchek, they didn't apparently care much about. They're just like, oh, they all died, but Diz. Diz Well, Diz got on the transport. Yeah, good point. If you make no, it off a, of the planet, you're you're fine. It's a little yeah. bit like it's a little bit like if you're Cuban and you uh, are emigrating to the United States. If you, once you step on soil, American soil, you're fine. Um, <laughs> it's just like that. Get on the transport. We actually mourn you. Stay on the planet. I don't give a shit. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I, I skipped over this whole part where Carmen and Carl and Rico reunite because mm-hmm. it's dumb. Yeah, because yeah. So we're gonna go straight to. Uh, you know, he's got like a ton of so when when Ratchek gives his speech to the new recruits for his roughnecks, there's three new people. Yeah. Yeah. And when Rico gives it, there are three old people. It's just an entirely <laughs> new squad. This is like a ship of Theseus problem. How many people from the squad can you replace and it's still the same squad? <laughs> um yeah, and is it just me or do these recruits look really young? Yeah. Well, I mean he says that. Like where'd all well, I mean, come from? Also it, what do you mean, kid? You're 18. Well, that's the thing. It's 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 a funny bit of filmmaking stuff here because the kids actually look like teenagers, and Casper Van Dien looks 40. So and he's like, supposed to be 19. Yeah. Know, so they're really emphasizing for me the uh, 
the fact that as this military machine continues to grind down and kill people, they have to go to, like, children, like, literal children, you know? Well, it's a numbers game, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, sure. A, they have more. That's what Carl says. You know, I never caught that, that character's name was Carl. I had no idea what his name was. I, was, <laughs> I really did not care for him. But it's just like, okay, fine. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> he sh- he shows up in his Rommel coat, by the way. He looks exactly I like know. I it's know. like, all right, fine. Kind of disturbing. Yeah. Um, so it's cute that they changed to Rico's Roughnecks, by the way. I thought mm-hmm. that was cute. Yeah, they uh, they can only promote people whose last names begin with R. Exactly. For alliteration purposes. <laughs> I also think it's interesting that he gave the exact same speech as uh, speech as Ratcheck, yeah. except that Ratcheck said, "I'll shoot you myself," and Rico mm-hmm. said, "I'll kill you myself." Yeah, Rico's gonna get creative in how he kills you. Is the thing he's gonna <laughs> reach inside your anus and pull out your heart. You know? Yeah. Well, that's just you know that's a kink. So. After all, all do not that. do not tell me anything about Sarah. And <laughs> I don't need to know. This is a need to know basis, and I don't need to know. <laughs> so you're like little do you know? Now you know we're going back into battle, right? Because they got to find this brain bug. Oh yeah. And uh, you know, fleet is back up there trying to get away from the butt goo, mm-hmm. and um, and. They get hit. The Roger Young gets hit. It's going down. Because, you know, they got to escape. And the captain here. So how much stuff has everybody been through in this movie, right? I mean, it's mm-hmm. war, right? So it's bad. After all this, she's killed by a door. <laughs> yeah. That's a pretty shitty way to go in war. Yeah, like, it happens. <laughs> and really, the door doesn't have sensors that would be, like let it know. Hey, there's like there's a human in the way of this closing. Just so you know. It'd be funny if somebody had said, "Don't let the door hit you in the ass on the way out." Yeah. And she's like, "I I'll be careful," and then dead. Yeah. I I didn't. She didn't let it hit her in the ass. It hit her in the abdomen. Good point. Um. <laughs> thank you. Nobody warned. Nobody warned her about that. So. Yeah, exactly. So. Now they're going to get into the escape pods, right? And apparently the escape pods are just little two-person ships. Mm-hmm. How many of these would they have had to have to get everybody off? <laughs> well, you have to remember they don't care about getting everybody off. They That's care true. about getting like six people off and they're all set. Everyone else can die. Um, but I will say at least the, uh, the little two-person ship here, it's pretty solid because it just goes through mountains. Yeah, that's pretty... I mean, I don't know. They should make the entire ship out of that. <laughs> exactly. Um, so now, you know, they're going to... You know, Xander's like, hey, wake up, honey. Got to get up, right? Mm-hmm. And um, they get up and they get out of the thing. They're getting ready to battle. And they're like, hey, can you read me? And then, he, you know, Johnny's like, Carmen, Carmen, you there? He's like, and she's like, Johnny, yeah, we're here. And he's like, she's giving the coordinates. And then he's like, what's... She says, she goes, the situation is, and he goes, what's the situation, right? And then she goes, the situation is extremely hostile. <laughs> I actually loved that. When she says that, the situation mm. is extremely hostile, and then puts it down. Yeah. I guess not for you. Okay. I like that. Um, okay. <laughs> so now where are we? Uh, 
Why didn't they kill us? They want us alive. Okay, thanks, Austin, from <laughs> Days of Our Lives. Yeah, his acting is about Days of Our Lives level. Yep. You're right about that. <laughs> so here's the other thing I think is funny. So now Rico is going to get this sense that that Carmen's still alive and he can save her. Um, and so, you know, he's going to be like, okay, the rest of the unit, keep going that way, but I need two volunteers. And the two volunteers he gets are the top two ranking people in the squad, other than him. Yeah. So basically, they're just completely leaderless. Kind of weird. <laughs> yeah. Just uh, everybody over the age of 20 is, you know, getting <laughs> killed, apparently. <laughs> um, so now we're going to see the brain bug. And it's so gross looking. Mm-hmm. I just, it's just disgusting. I hate looking at it. It's 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 mouth parts. I uh, looked up the word I I was looking for, and it's yonic, um, which is the opposite of phallic, which yeah. is to yonic say is very yonic. Then, yep, yes, which is yep uh, evocative of uh, a vulva. Yes, <laughs> that's that's hard to say all at once. Evocative <laughs> of a vulva. <laughs> anyway. Not a sentence you ever thought you'd be saying. No, I um, I, I always do. You time. always knew. Yeah, I, <laughs> um, it happened one day. So. Now we're gonna. He's gonna suck. This brain bug is gonna suck Xander's brain out. Mm-hmm. Which uh, <laughs> this is, is very all, gross. This is all very yonic. Yeah, and uh, yeah, the brain sucking is just. I love the idea that eating brains, by the way, would make it smarter. Yeah, I don't know. I I was like, is it trying to get their plans? Like, because it can read its thoughts somehow. I don't and know how you that would eat work. it. You can yeah. read the thoughts apparently. I, I don't know how that would work, but I don't know how a lot of things in this movie work. So, uh, yeah, the, the sound as it's sucking through is, like, so gross. So disgusting. This movie did not spare no expense on the uh, on the sound effects. The squishy yeah. sound effects from people dying and stuff. This movie loves squish. Yeah, <laughs> loves squish. On top of all that, too, like, the way they made his face go gaunt. Mm-hmm. As it was sucking out his brain and his eyes roll back. I mean, it's just like, god damn, this is fucking gross. It was pretty gnarly. I'm not gonna lie. So Casper shows up with the nuke, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, I forgot. Denise here is gonna cut off uh, his cut off the brain bugs clip, I guess. <laughs> um, so sorry. That's okay. I'm just, it's just it, it painted an image, <laughs> and that image is still there. Oh, good. It might never so, leave. So now. Casper here is going to be like, uh, run, right? And then run means run three steps and then turn around and <laughs> walk backwards slowly. Yep. That's, that's what I do when I run. That's When I've been telling you I've been going running every other day, that's what I do. <laughs> I <laughs> run, brief- turn around, walk backwards. I very briefly run and then walk backwards. By the way, I saw someone walking backwards on the triple the other day. I was like, what are you doing? That's really bizarre. Whatever it's, I'm I'm hoping sometime to see somebody practicing their walk in like heels, like <laughs> on the on treadmill. Sometimes I kind of want to, except I don't have any heels. So I've walked a mile in heels. Really, I have. What you do that for? It was a charity thing. It was walk a mile in her shoes. You know, for oh yeah yeah. Um, and then uh, they gave me like these these pin heels whatever mm-hmm. you call them they were like three inch or five inch they were really big heels mm-hmm. with like a really narrow heel yeah and, uh, my, my feet were destroyed 
<laughs> just absolutely destroyed. This goes to show you, I guess. Yeah. It goes uh, to show you the, the tough things that drag queens go through. <laughs> All right. Um, so now uh, they're going to get out after they... Uh, of course, the one black guy here is going to sacrifice himself for the three white people. Yeah. And... Um, He's like, I'm just killing some bugs. And so he's going to blow up. And this is the scene that Denise Richards was talking about where they have to actually run away from a fireball. Yeah. And um, they get out and everybody's cheering because they captured a brain bug. Mm -hmm. And it was Zim, naturally. It was Zim who got the brain bug. And they had they just happened to have this big net or some shit to like hire him. Pull it out gang style. Well, see, this is the part that I think is funny. Because like... So he captured it by himself? Yeah, yeah. It looks like a lot of people captured it, but okay. Yeah. Like, did he got the net around it or something? I just, you know, or did he just find it? I don't know. It's just, <laughs> that part's kind of He was like, funny. hey, guys, check it out. Brain bug. And they're like, you found it. So now they're going to be like, Colonel, what's it thinking? You know, and then Neil Patrick Harris is going to walk up and put his hand on it. Mm-hmm. The thing looks so fucking gross. And they keep showing that close-up on its mouth of, like, the pus stuff in between its vulva. It's gross. <laughs> yep. Um, that was and he's extremely, like, extremely yonic. Yeah. And then he's Ink. like, more and more so. Yeah, it was so gross. Um, and then he's like, it's afraid. Mm-hmm. And everybody cheers. I'm like, okay. I guess that's exciting. Is that the most that he's able to get from it, by the way? Because that is not... Not much. Useful. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that was evident from the fact that it was quivering as well. So quivering and looking around with all its eyes crazily. Yeah. Um also it's in a net and can't move. Um mm-hmm. and clearly doesn't have much defensive capability. But he's psychic, he can tell. <laughs> he's telepathic, actually. Oh, you're right. Um, he's telepathic. That's how he can tell. But I, I did enjoy that it I liked the idea that it was Carl that sent Rico to save Carmen. I, yeah, was well, so, I guess funny. somewhat nice. Also, why does Zim need to bust himself to private to go fight? Uh, the the general or some shit earlier said that to him. I know. We said that to him, but it doesn't make any sense. I mean, yeah. there are plenty of sergeants out there. They're like, hey, sergeant, hey, sergeant, hey, sergeant, but not a drill sergeant, apparently. That's just weird. Um, and then we get our final propaganda. Service guarantees citizenship. They'll keep fighting, and they'll win. Mm-hmm. It's kind of an epic ending, really. Yeah, um, epic ending, and also there's there's your whole thesis statement, you know? Yeah, no kidding. All right, so let's go on to the rank, because that's the whole movie. That is the whole movie. Oh, wait. All right, well, the rank is where we rank the movie based on 10 categories, story, acting, originality, action sequences, chase-slash-fight scenes, film coherence, hero appeal, villain appeal-slash-hatred, supporting characters appeal, and the final showdown. We're ranking on a scale of 1 to 5, 1 being the worst, 5 being the best. First category is story, and Zach, you get to go first. Story, I gave a 3. I wasn't really sure what to give it, because, (laughs) I mean, I feel like I say this a lot. People are going to be like, this guy doesn't know fucking jack shit. But uh, and I'd be like Jack shit. No, that's not my name. But uh, yeah, I Zach shit. God, yeah, exactly. Come on. But uh, no, yeah, a story. F. The story was Schlobber. <laughs> Jace Schlobber, exactly. Robin Schlubber. Excuse me. Sorry, I got my own name wrong. But no, uh, yeah, I I mean, it, it, taken on its own, the story is kind of stupid. Um, 
I suppose it's exciting enough in some ways. It's kind of like if you just wanted to rip, roar, and ride through killing aliens, fine. But, like, the story's pretty dumb. But uh, at the same time, the story isn't there to be, like, a good story. It's there to hang a lot of the satire off of, and so it's supposed to be pretty stupid in a lot of ways. But at the same time, it was still kind of stupid, so... You know, I had a hard time with this, too. I gave it a 3.75. Because mm-hmm. there's not much meat to it, as yeah. you have said. Kids join the military, war starts, they must kill. That's mm-hmm. the story. Um, there is a little bit more depth than that, but that, not much. That's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. So that being said, the subtext of the story, the satire, is what makes it more enjoyable. So I gave it a little bit higher because of the fact that they were, the story was really for satire. But I don't know. I mean, should that be part of a different category, maybe? Mm-hmm. Probably originality. I don't yeah. know. Um, I just, you know, everything that everything is done with a wink is kind of cool. I think I will drop it because story is kind of like, eh, I, I, I'm going to go down to a 3.25. Okay. All right. So the next category is acting which I gave a 3.25. Okay. And this I was sort of torn about, too, um, because, and as we've been talking about, the acting is not good in this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> However, and I'm very curious what you're going to say, mm-hmm. but I feel like they were acting exactly as Verhoeven wanted. Mm-hmm. Like, I think the point was for them to be campy, to highlight the satire. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to say it was great acting, but I I don't think that it's necessarily awful because I think it was purposefully bad. Mm-hmm. So like they're acting this way on purpose, which maybe means they're acting well. I don't know. I'm really curious what you're going to say though. So what do, what do you have? You're going to be weirdly bored because I gave it a three and a half for exactly the same reason. <laughs> I thought we would align on this. I was curious yeah. if we would. Yeah, everybody was fine in that, that what they were supposed to be doing. So, I mean, I actually thought Denise Richards was better than you did. Um, not that she was good, but she was fine at being... I think uh, I was just annoyed by her character. Her character was kind of silly now that I look back on it. And she was... You're right. Every time I, I picture her in my head, she was super smiley. And it's like, it makes her look really vacuous. So, whatever. Yeah, exactly. But uh, everybody was okay, including uh, um, Muldoon. Like he was, yeah. he was like a like a shit, but that's fine. Huh? Yeah, I I really think that they did exactly what Verhoeven wanted. So, mm-hmm. um, all right, so let's go to originality. What do you have for that? Uh, originality gets a four. I didn't know what to say for originality either, but I liked how. See, the story doesn't matter so much. I think it's great. I, and again, I don't know if the book goes along with this at all. I'm just going to ignore the book because I don't know anything about it. Um. I really like the the direction they went with with making everything so cartoonishly, you know, uh, like uh, satirical and patriotic, and uh, it's like really neat and fun to see. So it's a four. It's this is really funny because I gave it a three point seven five, and okay. <laughs> basically without the satire, I wouldn't mm-hmm. say this is at all original. Yeah, you know? exactly. It's full metal jacket with bugs. <laughs> yeah. You know, if it's taking itself seriously. The originality lies in the world building that yeah. they do and the satire. And I mean, they really made you feel like a world where military service is how you get citizenship. Oh. And everyone believes in a militarily run world could happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
And honestly, I don't know that we're that far off from it now, which is yeah. kind of scary. Any so, day now. So, yeah. All right, let's go on to action sequences. And I gave that a 4.25. Mm-hmm. I think the action sequences are pretty excellent. I mean, the second half of this movie is basically just one long action sequence. Yeah, for real. So, um, some of it was a little silly, like Rico riding the big dragon bug, but mm-hmm. it all still worked for me, you know? I could have done without some of the the gore, but I didn't I didn't let that affect the rankings. I don't know that that should. So, what this, do you have? This episode sucks because I gave it a four because I thought the action was pretty good, um, <laughs> o- over the top, but purposefully so. I liked how a lot of the battle sequences, especially as the movie's reaching its climax, they were actually like chaotic and like. Yeah, I liked that too. Kind of, I don't want to say scary, but like, you know, overwhelming. Like, it was a lot of like got people not knowing what to do and being like, oh shit, this sucks. Which is like, you know, it's like the beginning of Saving Private Ryan where you actually start to go, wow, battle fucking is insane. You know? Yeah, seriously. It's not like, it's, it's not, it's not t- together at all. It's all just complete nonsense. Um, so I liked that. And uh, too gory, like you said, and also like silly sometimes but again probably purposefully silly and uh oh i just wanted to go back to acting for a second okay i kind of was curious watching it what he actually told the actors oh me too because did he say be cheesier did he say play this completely straight things like that because it reminds me of in dr strangelove um slim pickens at the end famously uh, Stanley Kubrick told Slim Pickens that he was in an actual World War II movie, like a serious movie. He was like, oh, yeah, this is this is a serious movie. And here's like the big climax where you save the day on the bomb, riding the bomb down. It reminded me of it when you talked about Rico riding the big bug. And I was like, oh, yeah, if only he'd like taken off his hat and been like, yeehaw. But um, <laughs> so Slim Pickens played that scene completely straight because he thought he was in a real like drama. So it would be funny if he told them that this is, no, this is just a war movie. It's just a fun, we're going to kill some bugs movie. And they're like, great, like that. And then he's like, Haha, it's actually silly. So <laughs> Yeah, hard to say. I feel like people didn't catch the humor in this because there's nope. a lot of humor. For sure. Um, all right, well, let's go on to chase slash fight scenes. What do you have for that? Uh, th- there weren't, like, I guess there were chase scenes, but they're, I mean, you don't really fight bugs. You shoot bugs. Right. So Those like, are all the- sequences, basically. Yeah, I guess so. I gave it a two point seven five because I thought it was okay, like in that sense, but not 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 a chasing and fighting kind of movie, more of an explosions and gunfire kind of movie. This is hilarious. I point seven five. Why? Because it's mostly action sequences. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> we're getting a little too simpatico. We need to yeah. move on. Well, there is one fight scene. Mm-hmm. If you remember. Oh, right. Yeah. They, with the suplex. Yeah. So, you know, it's up from a two and a half because of the suplex. For me. <laughs> it was good form on the suplex. Uh, I, 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 you go. Keep going on. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to talk about years ago. I saw I was watching a wrestling match and Jerry Lawler during it. It's one of the wrestlers drop kicked the other guy. And Jerry Lawler said, now that's a great drop kick. Any kids at home who are thinking about drop kicking, that's how you do it. And I was like, okay. I've like, been why, thinking about that. Why are we so effusive about a dropkick? And like, I like, I like how into the form of it he was. He was like, oh, excellent work. You know, it's perfect. You know, this the perfect extension. I was like, okay. 
was like, can I get some more tips, Jerry Lawler? I need to, I need to know how to perform wrestling maneuvers well. So that was an excellent suplex. Just good for him. Yeah, I thought it was pretty awesome. So let's let's go to the next category, which which is uh, film coherence. Yeah. And uh, I gave that a three point seven five. Okay. I mean, it's pretty coherent, right? Yeah. So here's the thing. I I could have done with a lot less Carmen. <laughs> yeah. I would have been more interested in what was going on with Carl than Carmen. Yeah. I know you didn't like Carl, but I still would have been like, like, how is, does this end of the military work? You know? Yeah. We, we, we got very little of him. Yeah. Like there could have been more about how Carl was able to send it, you know, send info to telepathically to Johnny and or Carmen and help mm-hmm. them. And we could basically not see Carmen after the, like we could see, just not see Carmen after the mm-hmm. breakup. Like until the end when Carl leads Johnny to her and then mm-hmm. she'd be like, Johnny, you know, or even, you know, like she could be like Johnny on the radio and he's like, Carmen. And, and then Carl helps him get there. And then it's like, a, they get reunited then. Like, I, I just, to me, like, Z- I don't care about Xander and I didn't care about Carmen and I definitely didn't care about them together. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty coherent. I mean, it's not like it's fine the way it is. I just think that, would have been a, a shorter and more fun way to do it, I think. Yeah, probably. So what do you? What about you? What do you have? I gave it a three to be kind of just in the middle. I thought yeah. it was fine, coherent, but probably could have been a little... I actually think it, it could have expanded a little bit. Like, for instance, given us more from different sides of the military. Right. Um, but... I mean, it was coherent. I basically followed along. I had trouble keeping guys straight sometimes with everybody's helmets on. But yeah, I think I'm gonna drop mine to a three and a half. I just, I didn't really like the coherence, but I mm-hmm. couldn't put my finger on. It. Anyway, yeah, so I'm yeah. dropping it three and a half. All right, so let's go on to hero appeal. Uh, what do you? What did you have? Actually, who did you pick for hero? Because I have Rico and just yeah. Also Rico and I uh, okay. gave it a th- I gave it a three point seven five actually, um, I thought he was fine like and obviously three point seven five is above fine it's just that he yeah. was actually better than I remembered I remembered him being kind of bland but he and he is kind of bland but he's supposed to be kind of bland mm-hmm. in like a in like a chiseled jaw heroic kind of way which is exactly what he nails so um, and like it, he he could have been played straight and it still would have been kind of a fun hero so. But it'd been fun if you played him gay too. But um, he's like, the, I played it. I played him by. That's why. I, that's why <laughs> I like shower scene. Shower scene. <laughs> well, here you go. You ready for this? Oh God! I gave Hero Appeal a three point seven five. Alrighty, we 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 feel the same way about Starship. Actually, we'll see. We'll see because we have more to come. <laughs> well, like you, I mean, he's pretty serviceable as yeah. someone you're rooting for. You know. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed him rising through the ranks also through, through like all this happenstance mm-hmm. and it's actually an aspect of storytelling with military and war that I've always enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Like Tom Clancy does it in his books with Jack Ryan and it, it always makes me want to read more of his books just to see the career progression of Jack mm-hmm. Ryan, which yeah. is absurd. But yeah. I don't know why it just appeals to me anyway. Yeah. Rico's was a fun hero. So Let's go on to villain appeal slash hatred. And I gave that a 3.75. Okay. I actually like the bug villain in this. Um, Are you considering the brain bug to be like the main, the big bad? No, I was just all bugs. All the bugs. Okay. Yeah. That probably makes sense. I, I thought they were menacing and gross, you know, Mm -hmm. and I think I wanted them to lose as much as I wanted Rico to win. 
Mm-hmm. So I, I really can't decide if I should be giving this a higher score or not. I, 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 I'm very curious to hear what you're going to say. So what do you have? Well, I gave them a four. I thought the bugs were pretty good. Um, I, I might be because I was going in my mind thinking about them being the wronged party and like imagining humans landing on their home planet and them being like, the fuck? <laughs> Get off of our, our damn home planet. You're like eating our babies or something weird. And, uh, and, I'll, and like, I, I, I like that they didn't delve too much into the bugs. Like, we don't actually right. really find out what makes the bugs tick, which is, that's, you know, we're, we're seeing it from the point of view of these grunts who wouldn't ever know that. Which is maybe why we didn't get as much Carl, but that might have been interesting. That's true. But uh, I think it was good that we don't, like, are the bugs even sentient? Are, are they a collective mind? Like, do they know each other's thoughts? Or are they just mindless drones? I don't know. It was all interesting. It was fun to think about. And they were actually kind of scary. So Yeah, I agree. I'll tell you, I was between 3.75 and 4. I almost went 3.85. I was just vacillating between those. Mm-hmm. And my, my issue was, as I kept thinking, like, but I think I liked Rico as much as I disliked the bugs. Yeah, so you wanted them to be equal. So I wanted it to be equal, but fair enough. But I, yeah, it's hard. I, I actually, I'm gonna, I'm gonna match you. <laughs> so I'm gonna put mine to a four because I was, I was really debating it, and I do think that I liked, I wanted them to lose just a little bit more than I wanted Rico to win. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah, I get it. All right, so let's go to uh, supporting characters appeal. What do you have for that? Supporting characters appeal, I gave a two point seven five. Um, they were fine, you know. Like <laughs> I, I, I liked Carmen better than you, but everybody was just fine. Like, uh, it's weird to say that Casper Van Dien was the uh, the strong strongest point of the movie, but I kind of was. Um, I, you know, I actually liked the Roughnecks somewhat as well. It's just I kind of kept forgetting who was who. Um, yeah. they were they were all just grunts. It kept making me think of the uh, the the squad or whatever from uh, Edge of Tomorrow. By the way, several parts of this movie. Kept oh yeah, me think. it's a little like Edge of Tomorrow. But um, see that they were fine. Well, I gave it a three and a half. Okay. Um, I liked Carl, and you didn't. So yeah. I mean, I I wouldn't say I liked. I was he was fine to me. I, yeah. I, I, um, I was really sick of Carmen, which you weren't. So. <laughs> she was fine. Uh, I liked Diz. Oh yeah, Diz was good. Yeah. And I Maybe really I should liked... go a little higher. Just, I... I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, oh yeah, that, that was good. That was good. I liked him. Oh wait, hold on. And I really liked Ace, Ratcheck, and Zim. Uh-huh. And there's like so many supporting characters in this, and they mostly all work, you know, for the most part. Yeah. Um, the only ones that don't work for me are Carmen and Xander, and because of the amount of screen time they get, I couldn't go with a higher score. So. Yeah, I think I should go a little higher. I think I'll go with a three because you're absolutely right. Everybody's fine. So, um, all right. Well, let's go on to the the last category, which is final showdown. Which is this is an interesting category for this movie. Yeah, given how like extended the final showdown is in a lot of ways. Yeah, and how it's like not your traditional one, right? So yeah, I, I gave it a four. Okay. Um, it's not a traditional final showdown, but I enjoyed the capture of the brain bug and the rescue of Carmen. So I'm taking the, the final showdown to be them discovering the brain bug and then capturing it. So I think it's, um, I think it's a bummer that the one black guy had sacrificed his life to, <laughs> to kill some bugs so that the three white people could make it out. But mm-hmm. hey, you know, uh, I think the satisfaction of the brain bug's capture and the action of the rescue earn this a high, like a higher score. Uh, 
but not the highest. So what do you got? So I kind of went in a different direction from you. I kind of consider the uh, final showdown to be like, I don't know, I don't want to say the last half hour of the movie, but a lot of it. Um, and it was like, I kind of liked it was exciting, but also paced pretty well. So like, it was like, ooh, a lot of excitement. And then we got a little bit of a reprieve and then more excitement. It was, it kind of built in a very effective way for me. So I gave it a four. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh. Got there slightly differently, but yeah. This is one of our most even ones. <laughs> I guess. I'm only one point different than you. Jeez. <laughs> so yeah, I actually liked the, the, the fact that it was long because it didn't feel like a drag to me. It felt like they took enough pauses and kind of escalated in the appropriate ways so that it continued to be fairly exciting um, without getting too over the, without like exhausting me like, all right, I'm done with this, which can easily happen. But uh, so pretty deft in that way. So you kind of got to hand it to Verhoeven and the rest of the filmmakers for putting together an exciting ending that like wasn't just like god can this end please yeah i agree all right well that's that's the whole rank yeah and you know what's fun about this we have our first tie a, a tie beautiful that's, yeah. that's that's appropriate given the fact that our ratings were tied for i know so much of this what, what did tie with well i got a 71 mm -hmm. which by the way it's tied with one movie there's one movie above it with a 71.4 mm -hmm. and and one and one movie below it with a 70.95 so uh -huh. it's all very tight there. But the one it tied with was The Accountant. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. So it's 0.4 behind Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles okay. and 0 0.05 ahead of Spider-Man 2. Okay. I guess I guess I can d get, deal with all that. I, lo I love the idea of being like, oh, did you like Starship Troopers? You might like The Accountant. <laughs> it is, it is equally good. <laughs> I, that's what I liked about it too. Not thematically similar, but equally good. <laughs> well, there you go. There you yeah. have it. It's uh, tied for 21st in our rankings. And um, I think that's about right. I'm okay with that. Works for me. Well, thanks everybody for listening. And if you'd like to see an updated list of our rankings, you can see that on our website at therankwithjohnandzack.com. Think about becoming a patron on patreon.com. Uh, slash the rank podcast and reach out to us on any of our social media outlets and all, you know, email us at the rank with John and Zach at protonmail.com. Um, yeah. Reach out. Let us know what you're thinking. We're having fun with it and we hope you are too. So either way, check us out next week when we're ranking the next movie in our best picture series, gentlemen's agreement, the 1947 best picture winner starring Gregory Peck, Dorothy McGuire and John Garfield and directed by Elia Kazan. Now, for the next episode of our action movie series, join us in two weeks for The Expendables 2, the 2012 film starring Sylvester Stallone, Jason Statham, Liam Hemsworth, Jet Li, Dolph Lundgren, Terry Crews, Randy Couture, Chuck Norris, Jean-Claude Van Damme, Bruce Willis, and Arnold Schwarzenegger, and directed by Simon West. Oh, is that all? <laughs> now, will, is it going to be better than the first Expendables? Mm. Do you think it'll crack the top ten? I think it might, it might crack the top two. For all we know. Ooh, that'd be tough. That'd mean to be in the 90s. Um, will Gentleman's Agreement really end up being the best film of 1947? Uh, yes. I don't know. Well, you know, listeners, you know where to find out. <laughs> and I'm looking forward to it. Goodbye. Voila.
I did I, that one actually almost made me gag, and I don't actually usually gag mm. on things, but I, and then I, I didn't want to. Spit I believe that about you, oh. and I believe that you didn't want to spit. <laughs> you know what? Let's move on. 